From the sidelines, episode 50. Changing up the intro a little bit today. We're going to jump right into it. We, uh, you know, we got a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, like I said, episode 50. It's a little bit of a mile marker. You know, we hit kind of halfway to 100. Uh, 50 weeks of podcasts in a row. Proud of that. But uh, hey, a couple more. We'll get to a year and then, yeah, we'll celebrate a little more over there. Uh, let's bring in our host for the show. Like always, if you guys don't know yet, we got Brandon Brando Baird. What is up, guy? How's it going, everyone? Back again. Um, yeah, yeah. Two more two more shows than, than a whole year. Uh, that's exciting to hear. Well, you're not at a year yet, buddy. Calm down over there. Mr. The Jordan show. at episode 19. The show. <laughs> the show all right well perfect we'll go with that uh bringing in our other uh consistent host who's i mean he's been here from the beginning it's my guy steven Hatch. Up, baby you know it's crazy to think dude 50 weeks in a row that's consistency if i've ever seen it not a lot you of people do 50 weeks in a row of anything you know no, like I, that's i for i went back and looked on spotify for i looked up j-rab and nick laval's podcast how many did like they make seven it was like seven episodes yep I mean, and I was like, and I was, li- I was an avid listener. I was like, every time I drove up to paintball on Sunday, I would just listen to that shit. Dude. Well, it's, it's, it's a harder thing to do than you'd think, you know, just finding that time consistently in your week, every single week to, you know, sit down for a couple hours, record some content, but, uh, Hey, we're here and, uh, we've made it here with the help of our sponsors, which I'm going to bring in first before I bring in our special guest. So he's going to have to wait for just a second longer. We have, uh, I'll start with Liquid IV to this week, switching it up a little bit. Liquid IV, uh, we'll talk about them more later on the show to explain more, but uh, it's a hydration product. Think similar to your Gatorade, your, uh, uh, I don't know, Transfuse, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit better for you. We've got a sugar-free version. There is a sugar version as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that more later on the show. The promo code over there, if you want to pick some up for yourself, is Mafia underscore Moffat. That's going to get you 20% off and free shipping. So go check that out at liquidiv.com. Next up, we have Nectar Energy. That is N-E-C-T-R. That is how you spell Nectar. Uh, it's an energy pouch. And uh, like always, I'm going to throw mine in for the show. Um, they have uh, some caffeine in them, some neurotropics. Uh, but we'll get more detailed into that later on in the show as well with our Liquid IV spot. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, check them out. N-E-C-T-R dot energy slash mafia productions. That's how you're going to be uh, able to get access to a buy two, get one free code. So free shipping on that as well. Um, and then last but definitely not least, got to talk about it. Our July headband giveaway. We have this Nick Laval piece. It is a love all part of his signature series headband set. And uh, yeah, beautiful piece. It's going to go away to one of our Patreon producers. And I definitely need to mention it. I got the puka shells on. You want to see me have frosted tips a cup you got to get signed up to be a patreon member so you get all the bonus benefits you get to be able to see the show you get a chance to win a headband and hey you get to make me look like shit so get you know, him frosted tips get do this it. man frosted tips it's what you got to do it. guys uh but yeah let's let's jump into this guys we've got him sitting here waiting on the call very patiently and i appreciate that but uh let's bring him on in we got jordan jabo boyum who uh yeah he plays for the la ironman now he uh last season played for sacramento dmg uh we've you know we've we've known him for a little bit of time but uh yeah we wanted to get him back on the show kind of update with everything that's been going on because since you know what did you say hatch it was episode 17 something like that something like that from then to now a lot has changed so uh how you doing jordan what's what's going on man i'm good man as far as regular life not too much has changed but yeah in the paintball world a lot has changed so i'm excited to come back on here and talk some shop with you guys appreciate you guys doing what you're doing 
yeah, yeah no man. they <laughs> it's, great to, it's great to see you out there killing it you know i'll try to talk with more enthusiasm for hedge <laughs> on this one i'm just i'm just a big fan i'm just a big fan of you j bo since day one when you well i'll say it i'll say it before the show imitation is the sincerest form of flattery so that's all it is hatch without a doubt without a doubt and let me just say j bo dude this guy bro there was a time where around this time maybe a couple years ago when we were refing and i was a chrono ref and man it was hot as balls a chronoing chronoing sat i would sit down as soon as the point would end and jbo would walk up to me and he goes that you need to get up we're almost through it bro keep staying keep staying strong and i was like damn dude but it was like way more like aggressive than that so I, was <laughs> like, I, was, I go yes sir and i fucking i didn't sit down the rest of the the rest of the event and that was on saturday I had all yeah. Sunday standing, you know what I'm saying? So you're yeah, all about to go through it this weekend too. See it's the forecast. Wild, you know? uh, yeah, it's I'm gonna be running yeah. pods, bro. You guys gonna laugh at me? I'm gonna be running pods. I oh, so okay. okay. One thing I wanted to ask you about: uh, you're coaching a Seppel team, right? So how, so are they gonna be playing this event? Uh, they're not. They're not playing this one. Uh, one of the guys is getting married. Congrats to him. I don't know if he listens to this podcast, uh, <laughs> but the two brothers. They're out in Hawaii right now. Their their family's actually from Hawaii. Really nice people, but he's getting married. So congrats to him and and uh, the, it's the team is ruthless. Uh, they're a D five team. Played D five last year. Coming up in a D four, and they're just they brought me on to try to just provide that structure that a divisional team you know needs. So so far so good. I really I really like working with those guys, nice but they're not going to be at this one. It's uh it's a learning experience for sure. It's um it opens your mind to other perspectives of paintball just because, well, the way I look at it is you're kind of bridging the gap. Like think about when you were coming up in paintball, right? You're semi-pro now, but think about all the years of D4, D3, mm. you know, you lose a bunch, you win every once in a while, you know, you kind of just flat line plateau skill wise, and you'll pop up a little bit, push through that plateau and then you'll hit another one. Right. Yep. So that took years. And you learn little nuggets here and there from different people you're around and whatnot, whatever teams you're playing on. You know, everyone's been through the grind. My idea when I got brought onto that team is, hey, look, it took me, you know, six, seven years. You're playing in divisional, trying to come up to get to that kind of D2 semi-pro level. I'm going to bridge that gap, cut that in half, you know, maybe even, maybe even faster than that. But really just trying to implement theory and ideas to help guys see the game at a higher level without them having to learn through experience right so i can kind of like formulate drills and and identify certain tournament situations you know to help them understand concepts that maybe took years for other people to learn that's kind of that's why i really want to work with a low team you know d5 d4 team to kind of really see how effective i can be streamline the process how the how the results go that the events you played so far um, you know, the goal in the beginning was let's see what happens. The first mm -hmm. event, just because they had never played D4 before, and I know so CPLs. It's interesting because the D4 division locally in CPL is really competitive. So you go from D5 to D4, it's kind of a big jump. I agree. There's definitely some standout talent in the seven. There's definitely some standout talent. There's a lot of guys that have played for a lot of years. Honestly, a lot of faces that I've seen. Yeah. When I was starting out, you know, in 07, 08, 
Yeah. And I look at them like, dude, how are you still playing this division? But, you know, when you kind of don't really play a lot of tournaments, the way the ranking system, the national ranking system is, it can allow for that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think there's some guys playing D4 this year that I've played semi-pro with. But because they've yeah. taken so many years off mm. that their rank has gone down to a D three or D four level, they qualify to play D four. It's amazing. That now, was. Uh, uh, are we talking about level? Jay? By the way, I'm talking about my boy Ryan Pruitt. Oh, it was another I guy because I know Jay I came back and did that as well. Uh, it was a guy who played on one of the older uh, semi pro oh, DMG teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. dude, that's the only. <laughs> that right same thing. Jay I'm Velez. like, man, you. Well, okay. No <laughs> exactly. No Wait, he's playing D four. Are you serious? I don't think he's playing this one. But I'm I don't think he was. Running. I've seen him at an event in like running. the recent yeah, year. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember when I first joined DMG, he was playing like on the D two squad, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, damn, that guy's a fucking beast, dude. He still is. Savage. He's. I mean, dude, that guy's ridiculous, bro. When it comes to fitness. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, isn't he like a setup. personal trainer? I know at least by trade. Yep. I don't know if he still is he currently, but I don't yeah. know, you know, what his certifications are, but for sure, I mean, he's legit. If anyone's looking to get fitness advice, I would definitely recommend him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he has like a, a different job outside of that, but still, he knows his stuff. Gotcha. Well, yeah, man. Shout out to Jay, dude. I missed that. Um, guy. I mean, we jumped right into sequel stuff, which I feel like is kind of burying the hook a little bit because I think that's maybe the least <laughs> unimportant, or not the least <laughs> unimportant. It's the least in- important thing that you've kind of transitioned through in your paintball career recently. Um, I feel you know you and and I will say it. No offense to Ruthless. That's nothing to you guys, but. You've gone from playing at kind of a, a more homegrown organization to one that is, I want to say, a more corporate team. Uh, you know, a team that has a lot more direct kind of uh, connection sure. to, well, m- more structure, but give me a sec here, Hatch. Just has more kind of direct connection to a company or a corporate, you know, team above it. Um, and, you know, with Die, I mean, I've never really seen you use dye products before this year. So that's obviously going to be a different thing to you. You know, you got to get used to new equipment and all that shit, but there's obviously a lot of things that are changing. How, how has that process been going from a very kind of, I don't want to say backyard type pro team, but DMG was in some ways where when you compare it to, you know, these teams, you know, that have a little bit more funding structure, uh, you know, coaches on a staff to help out and stuff like that. I think the biggest difference right away is the amount of resources a team Mm -hmm. like Ironman has compared to what we experienced with DMG, right? Mm -hmm. But it's hard to really say which one's better or worse because I think you get certain things out of each experience. You know, I think it's important to cut your teeth with a team like DMG Mm -hmm. because you understand what hard work really means. You know, you got to earn your way through it mm. versus you go to Ironman and you still got to put in the work. There's definitely certain demands and expectations, but a lot of the initial upfront support, I say support is, is high end. I mean, guys, mm-hmm. a large paintball company in the industry, Ironman's a, a factory team. They're a legendary franchise. There's a lot of support behind Ironman. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is different. You know, you got a lot of coaches, you got a lot of 
uh, staff, you know, at the events that fully support you as a member of Ironman and a representation of dye products. I mean, it's just a different, so it is, it is different in a lot of ways for sure. It's a, it can be intimidating at first, but honestly you feel honored mm-hmm. and you have a certain level of pride. Like, Hey, I, I made it to a, a legit, you know, not to say DMG is not legit, but I mean, you, this is like a, a legendary franchise that you're now playing for and oh, representing. It's the shield, man. And so you kind of, you kind of have to own that and take things personal when you're making decisions and, you know, living up to the demands of the team. Mm-hmm. No, I it's mean, definitely awesome. different. Yeah, no, a lot I, of accountability for sure. For sure, man. And that, you know, and obviously there's going to be certain kind of, I, I, you know, the way you were posing like hard work, like obviously both teams are demanding it, but you know, just it, it's kind of different avenues of that. Like where DMG, a lot of it was kind of helping out around Capital Edge, helping out with Seafull stuff, kind of helping, you know, make a value well, so you guys can help out a little bit. But you're still doing work on the die side. You're still helping out. You're still kind of being a part of the team. I guess, it, you know, how how is that different? Well, DMG, you kind of learn how to be an ambassador. Mm-hmm. naturally because i mean look at the dmg camp right yeah i don't know what the state of it is right now but i know when i was there you know we were the top of the camp you know it as far as skill level mm-hmm. but it wasn't once you're there it wasn't really all about that it was about well how do i support people beneath me right like how do i become a good model for the guys that are early in their grind trying to come up mm-hmm. You know, and you play, and you you do those things. You show up to practice. You do all that, like any player is going to do at any level. But it's it's everything else involved, right? And you learn how to be like an, a local ambassador. That's really what I felt like. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, Ironman, it feels more like a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm expected to show up to practice which aren't every, you know, you don't get a chance to practice with your team every weekend like mm-hmm. you do with DMG. So you're expected to stay sharp, put in the work on your own, which can, it's hard for people. Unless you understand what it takes to be an at, a, a true professional, it's hard for people to sustain that. Mm-hmm. So Ironman, the expectation is you show up to practice, you should be sharp. There is no, we don't do a lot of drills. We don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. When we're together, it's about studying the layout, practicing as a team, applying concepts, and just working through those to learn the field and be as competitive as possible to put a good product out on the field to represent the shield. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it is. It's not, oh, hey, we need to work on three on twos, you know, all day or whatever. Like, no, yeah. they're not going to spend their resources you should be training on your own to be prepared to handle those situations on yeah. your own. And uh, they're not going to pay you to practice your snapshot, you know? No. <laughs> yeah. You better come, you better come with a nasty <laughs> yeah. snapshot yeah. or you're not going to exactly, be on the team right? for very like, long. If you're worried about your snapshot, pro ain't for you yet, you know? That ain't pro, yeah. Yeah, pro, that's like, yeah, that's like basic requirements in <laughs> pro is just to be able to, you know, hit your target when you want to. Without yeah. a doubt. Like, a well, two, yeah. like three on two situations you should know that like automatically you should know you should know the right decision to make and you should be making it most of the time i you know i was actually out coaching a team last weekend and it, and actually one thing i broke down to them is hey 
the big difference between divisional and pro is a pro will go through the day and if they make a mistake, they analyze it and then they apply the correct the correction and they don't make that mistake again. Divisionals, they'll make it, they'll make it, they'll make it, and they may never learn from it that day. You know, they're not applying it like a professional needs to, right? Mm. You need to you should never make the same mistake twice in a day as a pro. You know, so that's just something that I feel is necessary at a at a top level. You should be on point at all times, right? That's why I see a lot of the best teams at the top. You know, mm -hmm. they don't make mistakes. They've trained, they're prepared, they know what to do, and they execute every time. Yeah. No, and, and well, because that's Very essentially valid. paintball is really a game of execution when you you know come down to it. Like, there is definitely strategy. There is you know throwing rock versus scissors stuff like that. But essentially, past the first, let's say, you know, 30 seconds of a point, now it's just coming down to player execution and if they're able to work as a team better than the other team. Um, you know, I I think that's that's definitely the really important side, and, and that's kind of, I'm, I'm glad you said that, um, because that is something that, you know, maybe lower divisional teams, if you only have, let's say, two weekends before an event that you're going to be with your team, well, you shouldn't be spending that just working on your own individual you know fundamentals or your own foundation you should be working with the guy next to you you know figuring out what does his voice sound like you know how can i always know what he's talking about how can i talk to him better you know certain things like that that yeah at a professional of you guys may not be working on but i think there are elements of that that can move down to the divisional side just as well i think the biggest thing is um you need to be honest with yourself and the team what do i what do am i struggling at you need to start there you know and then figure out what it's going to take to improve on that right and actually apply that i think that's the biggest thing a lot of guys i watch and you know let's say that maybe they're not that good at one-on-ones you know sometimes the game comes down to not necessarily a one-on-one -on -one, but let's say it, it's two on two, but you got to play your guy straight up. So it is a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. for a moment, you know, or, you know, sometimes points do come down to one-on-ones and you got to clutch up. Yep. But if you're not good at those things or those concepts, you know, those situations and you're like, don't practice them. How are you ever going to get good at them? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I mean, agree. so if you can't shoot someone off the brick, like why aren't you practicing shooting people off the brick? I don't, I don't understand yeah. that, you know? Well, and, and like I was going to relate it back to kind of like reality a little bit. Um, you know, let's, let's jump back a couple of years when you were playing on the D3 team for, you know, you know, semi-pro or not semi-pro D D3 for DMG. I'm trying to get my thought together. You know, maybe I, I, I'm trying to tiptoe around it. Cause I, I don't want to say maybe your athletic ability was what was holding you back, but I think maybe in your mind, that might've been the thing that you're like, I maybe need to work on that. Like, I've always feel oh, like you've had a great that. IQ for the game because that's something I think you really have had. You you see the game in I a very agree. good way. You can break it down. You can break it down for others very well as, as well, which is, you know, a high IQ level. Um, and so I think maybe is that kind of what did you like have a look in the mirror type moment or something where you're like, I need to get serious about that. Um, so I was out of shape. Yes. Do I think that paintball requires you to be athletic? At a pro level, yes. Um, you do need the paintball IQ. You do need to you have the work ethics. But 
where I think that affected me is your mental confidence. Mm. So if you're not confident in what you're doing, and this is, this is life. This is me managing people at work. Same concept. If you're not confident in what you're doing, you're not going to do it correctly. Straight up, just with anything. Whether you're hitting a golf ball, you're punching a punching bag, you're you know, applying a safety policy at work, whatever you're doing, playing video games. If you're not confident in what you're doing and you're not prepared, you're not going to do it correctly. Mm. Flat out. You're just going to fail at it. So I think that's something that me personally always feeling like, oh, I'm out of shape, you know, and so you're self-consciously like, well, I can't make that move. I can't leave this bunker because you don't feel confident in doing that, right? Mm-hmm. You don't feel confident booking it to the corner, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking make that corner. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're in shape and you're fast and you've been training, you're like, dude, I'll, I'll make it anywhere you want to send me. Whether you're going to oh, make yeah. it there or not, you're probably going to make it there more often because you're going to dig a little harder. You're just going to run a better route and you're just going to be more confident about what you're doing. So you're going to do it correctly, right? Yeah. It's just, I I don't know. Bounce for sure. (laughs) Confidence is just like a, a perfect example was my brother at World Cup last year. Mm -hmm. He, and that one-on-one, I've never seen someone so confident that they were going to win that one-on-one that it was emotional for me because I was like, dude, I just watched that man say I'm going out there and I'm going to sh- I'm going to beat whoever's out there cuz I want to play tomorrow. If you really knew what the stakes were and well, just that confidence alone, you're going out there, dude. Yeah. And he I goes mean, out so there and just crushes it. That that's a really great ass point you made because, you know, speak going back to that body language, it was Debo versus uh, Al Fernandez. Al, I don't want to say he looks scared, but he just kind of had that like almost shriveled in, you know, kind of like I'm walking out to the box. Dylan was going out, you know, wide open shoulders. Out, he was fucking ready back. to play that. Like a fucking beast. Now, dog now hold that, it. hold that for half a second. Hard cut to the last finals that we just saw. Yep. Jacob Edwards walks out as the biggest dick Dude. on campus. Tomcat comes out. I'm not gonna say he's scared, but he just didn't have that same type of like "fuck you, I'm winning, I've already won" type fire. energy. Didn't look like it. And you know, yeah, but no, that no goes offense all the to way Tom, deep but into his mentality. Yeah. Do you think and Tom so, went out there and said, "I'm gonna beat Jacob Edwards"? <laughs> I, I think he hard. did, but it, it must not have connected. Like I think, it, as a it, pro and understanding his own skill, he probably went out there. But I bet you, if you, I bet you, if you asked him, you know, in a closed room where no one else is going to find out, I bet there was at least one small doubt of him walking out to that box, for sure, or at least like that kind of guy. fear of like I don't want to let my team down. Instead of I'm going to go fuck there, him up. Turn around and said, "Bro, I'm gonna go win this horse again, right? Just like you did the last time." They it was a three-word conversation between him and Joey. It was just like, "You good? Yep. All right. <laughs> like that was you it. Have, you, you have to roll with that confidence every time. That yeah, dude's that confident that he's gonna go get it done. Just who cares what happens after that? That guy gives you the best chance to win every time. Yeah, especially 100. You're radiating confidence. You're ra- dude, you smell it, bro. This game <laughs> is." a lot mental a lot more mental than his physical but to go back to it i think i struggled because i was out of shape you know i was dealing with other things outside of paintball to where i just wasn't confident when i was going out there i still did it because i was having fun like paintball is just a fun sport to play yeah you obviously love the game yeah (laughs) 
you know, and I got kicked down a few times, you know, not getting pulled up to teams that I felt like I could play on, not getting opportunities I felt like I deserved. Mm -hmm. But kind of, it is, it's kind of like a kick in the nuts. And then it's like, all right, yeah, reality check. What do I need to do to better myself? And honestly, the biggest advocate was my brother, right? So I mm -hmm. went to him and I'm like, dude, what do you think I need to do? And he goes, you need to start playing more aggressive, be more confident. Okay. On the middle, do your thing. Like you have nothing to lose. Just play hard every time. And then I, so I started out, you know, just fix my, you know, health and fitness. I mean, my girl, Caitlin, I mean, you guys all know her and she, Absolutely. she was a huge supporter of that. And I went to her straight up. I was like, Hey, I have a dream that I want to play pro paintball. I feel like I'm not that far away from achieving that. I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need you to support me. And that's, that's huge. I mean, if you have a support system like that outside of the field, like, bro, it's, it's hard to fail. And she's half the me. battle, honestly. And yeah. I changed my whole life. I felt like for my chance to, to go pro. And I think just when Dave saw that in me, he's just like, how can I not give you an opportunity? Yeah. Because people mm -hmm. don't just do that. You know, you're going to have to, a lot of people say they would, Will but power. not a lot of people do. Dude, it's hard to, and I, that's a big thing on Ironman, right? Like, if you're going to do something, do it. If, you're gonna, if you say you're going to go do something, do it. Don't say you're going to do something and not do yeah. it. Yeah, we'll just talk about, about it, be about it. And that's that's a huge thing, right? And that's just accountability in yourself, right? Being a being an athlete, a professional, and your, and your work and life, whatever it is. Like, if you're going to do something, just go do it, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're not going to do it, don't talk about it. It's all good. You know, no one's, no one's tripping over it, but it, it's all, it's all still mental concepts, right? Mm -hmm. All these are mental concepts. They start mentally and then they translate physically outside of that. Okay. So, so one question I have for you, when you said you went to Caitlin, you said, okay, I need X, Y, Z go, go into that a little bit. What was X, Y, Z? What were some of these little things that like really I need, helped you? I mean, how do you get in shape? There's one way to do it. Working out. Diet and exercise. <laughs> Diet and exercise consistently. I didn't know anything about health, you know, nutrition. I mean, I'd kind of dabbled with it before playing high school sports and whatnot, but I really didn't know. I didn't do mm -hmm. my homework. I didn't, I wasn't educating it the way you need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we looked into the whole macro counting. We found a gym that, you know, was, really good. And actually I, at first I didn't really go to the gym for the first few months. I was redoing my whole front and backyard. Like I was just working all day <laughs> out in the field, uh, you know, for at t and then I'd come home and work on my yard. So that's how I was getting my exercise yeah, and then a little country eating strong. clean, little, little <laughs> corn fed style. Yeah, you know, hell yeah. <laughs> doing it, doing it the old, the, you know, the hard, the old way, you know, the old school way, just, just hard work. And then, uh, you know, over time, finally, she talked me into going to this gym, you know, that I go to, I still go to two and a half years later and, uh, see it. It's a great gym, great atmosphere. So anyone that's actually looking into getting into fitness, my biggest thing is find somewhere you enjoy going. Don't just sign up for 24 hour fitness and expect some miracle to happen. You know, you're going to go in there a couple of times, feeling great for a couple of weeks because you're all motivated and you're going to make a couple silly Facebook posts that you're at the gym. And then you're going to stop going because it's not fun. <laughs> but if you find somewhere that's fun, you like the people there, you like the trainers there, 
you like everything about it, you like the what the gym offers, dude, you're gonna go there just because it's something fun to do. Yeah. And that, it's like that's, an additional really... factor that makes go, you want to go. Yeah. I go I go to the gym all the time. I don't do it. I used to use it paintball as my main, you know, motivation to get myself to the gym, wake up at six in the morning consistently and go there and, and work out. But um now I just I just hit it because I like the people there and it makes me feel good, you know, to work out and get a get a good workout in and stay stay fit. Hell yeah. It's like and then it helps deal. with paintball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The camaraderie around there, you know? I mean, that's how it is. Even with paintball teams, man, like you gotta play with people you enjoy playing with. Without a doubt. I mean, at some point. Pro's a little different because you know, teams get put together outside of your decision. So you kinda have to learn to play with certain people, even if you don't necessarily like them as a person, which is, it's a little different. It's a weird concept to understand, but that's, I think all professional sports are like that. Mm -hmm. I highly doubt if you go to, you know, Tom Brady, you know, just using an example, like I highly doubt that he's going to say, Oh, I loved every single person that I ever played with. Hell no, dude. And I'm sure he asked his teammates, Hey, did you like Tom? I guarantee you there's a whole hell of a lot of dudes that are like, dude, that guy was a straight asshole. <laughs> yeah. But, but he was really good at football. He completed he a lot better. of passes. And I, I yeah. yeah. I mean? so we won a bunch of championships. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just, you know, coming up on the grind, like everyone's paying money for the most part, unless you have a great opportunity, someone, someone funding some things. Play with guys you enjoy playing with. That's a huge thing for chemistry building. And you got to have fun. You got to enjoy doing it, right? So, well, and Jim, I think that's ball, a, all the same. I think that's a great point you make there because for the beginning, every most, I would say 98% of paintball players, they start their career by playing with the boys, you know, whatever the local team is, whatever the group of guys they started playing with. Maybe it's one dude, maybe it's five, but that's kind of how you get into the sport. And then the further up you go, the more you have to, like, all right, I got picked up for this random team for a couple events. Like, it's a good opportunity, but I don't know anyone. And, like, you have to start getting more and more comfortable with finding your way in these places that, you know, it's not the boys anymore. It's not that group of guys that you started with. Um, and I think yeah. that is kind of a skill that you have to gain when you are coming up through the ranks if you want to become a, a you know, a professional player, a semi-pro type quality player. I literally had to do that coming from the Central Valley, you know? It's like my team, I was like, they were kind of being lackadaisical lollygagging if you will and not taking it as serious as i wanted to and mm -hmm. obviously dmg was you know the camp that everybody was talking about you know if you want to get good go up north and i thought shit might as well i was I, nah. was I was super nervous not gonna lie and you know you you went out of your comfort zone because you wanted to surround yourself with like-minded individuals Yep. to achieve a goal that you had set out for yourself. And that's a great thing. But the, the funny part is like, you may not have, you may have left your friend, felt like you left your friends to go play for, you know, challenge yourself and go play for another team to achieve your own goals. But there's people in DMG that also were doing the same thing. So you end up becoming friends with those people because you're like-minded. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you guys yeah, want yeah. the same things and, and that's how you find success. So you got to group those people together and then you got to build a core around that. You know, they're all doing the same sacrifices uh, to reach the same For goal. Sure. Shit, Brandon's still here. Dude, I yeah, you, Brandon. I you on, dude. Oh, I Holy frozen. shit! I thought. Oh my god! Wow. All right. I'll, I'll go. I'll go back on mute. All right. Bye, Brandon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, bye, yeah, yeah, no. It's been the three of us. I. I it, how's the? You've been listening to the conversation. How's it been going, Brandon? 
No, like it, everything that that Jabo was talking about is just captivating. Um, it really is. Like it, it, whenever he talks about the game, uh, whether it's like breaking down a point or or anything around uh, the sport or fuck even life, like it, it's riveting. Um, <laughs> it is. All right. it, it's. Well, so we've got a five out of five so far from Brandon. So if you're listening, you got to drop us a rating real quick. Absolutely. I already knew how smart J-Bo's IQ, paintball IQ was, right? Because before he was J-Bro and back when he was J-Big playing semi-pro, you know, he would come into our pits. <laughs> big dude, boy, dude. Would, I was 250. Right? right dude he would come into our pits and he dude he would fucking break the game down and be like dude go here shoot this guarantee this motherfucker runs into it sure as shit we would do it yeah right? and he there's w- something to be said when you have that kind of paintball like vision like it's and i don't know was, you just see things a little differently matches where jaybo would be in our pits he would kind of take the reins a little bit and it, it was a success for some for some matches for sure yeah I mean, it's not always going to work out. It is painful. Things happen, you know, but it is fun to go into the divisional pits, kind of pick apart a team that you guys were playing and be like, dude, <laughs> this guy is running 10 feet tall to this bunker. I know you guys know this shot. Hit that. Like, you're going <laughs> to smoke him every time. Sure enough, yeah. dude, I'd laugh that guy off the field, too. Well, in so a way, like, like, you guys, that's your... Like, yeah, keep walking, bro. Like, we playing that. You're dead. That's kind of like... <laughs> your guys's way of smurfing in a way because like you know you can't obviously yeah. go out and play on a d4 team because that would be very unfair but you can go help coach them and be like all right they've literally run this breakout and that's it so just shoot here here like you know like so one thing i've learned sorry one thing i learned too that made it easy what i did for you guys is i never brought pro down to d3 because what works on the pro field does not always translate no, to the divisional. <laughs> and when, when, when guys will come over there, oh, I'm pro, uh, you know, I play pro, whatever, semi pro, and they go and try to go coach a divisional team, be like, oh, these are all our plays, this is what you need to do. It, it sometimes can be ineffective, and then things won't really work because either in divisional, they don't always play the way pro teams play. No. You yeah, know, like zones aren't always covered the way you'd expect them to be covered. Mm-hmm. Guys aren't looking the way that you expect them to look. So it's a little bit harder to break it down. And really, you got to just simplify the hell out of it and just go to X's and O's. Like, where's this guy going? Okay, well, where can you go on the field that counters that? And you just got to be very simple about it. And that's how, you know, why I coach these divisional teams at CPL. It's the same concept. Like, I don't get into whatever Ironman was doing. Like, I think the CPL is the Philly layout. It's the same, yeah. I'm coaching a a D4 team Sunday. I'm not going to take any Ironman plays and apply it to theirs. That would be, that would be a disservice to that team. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel or change anything that they've prepared for. I asked them, Hey, send me everything you guys got. We may have some minor tweaks along the way, but let's walk the field in the morning and get on the same page. Yeah. But what your plays are, if they work to practice, they're probably going to work at the tournament. We'll make little minor tweaks based off what I know. I guess a, a good comparison point for this is it also, you know, this same type of concept in, uh, exists in video games as well. Uh, you'll have all the time, like, it, it's just this level of when you get to the top echelon of everything, I mean, you can throw poker in this too, like uh, chess, like any game oh. where there is a, like, a predicted right outcome, like, you know, the top 10% of players know the right way to play. Well, sometimes a dude just throwing some chaos in the mix might win. 
Oh, yeah. Just because it's oh, yeah. chaotic. You're not predicting that. You're not set up for that because why would they do that? And it almost becomes so stupid that you lose from an almost blind spot. Oh, I love it. I'm the D5 player on Warzone that throws <laughs> chaos into it and yeah. ends up working out. I love it. And I play with like, you know, pro level players. So it's like, they're like, what are you doing? And then I go and clutch up and win. Just win wild card, course. you know? Yeah. It's like, bro, why are you questioning what I'm doing? It worked. Look, my accuracy is not the greatest, but we'll throw oh, some shit I in. Shot the, I shot the sky for the first 10 shots, but the last five all hit. <laughs> yeah. Damn right, brother. It's like, it's like every, everybody's all spectating you clutching. It's like, oh, 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 while well, you're missing this. Like, yes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, like nervous uh, energy uh, yeah. of like, oh, my God. I they're just sweating right now, like taking articles of clothing off. And they don't even know it. I'm wiping my hands off, dude. Just, You've got a full water. headband I'm on. Like, I'm full experience. my water. <laughs> yeah, doing the... <laughs> oh dude yeah i'm like all right good there. dude yeah. <laughs> adrenaline it, when it, when video games give you that sense of adrenaline it's always it catches you off guard because you're like what the oh, fuck wow. why am i shaking like oh why was that so intense <laughs> so annoying dude i hate it yeah you I'm like, like why, start shallow breathing I, and shit and you're like i'm lot. sitting yeah. down like what is wrong dude, with me i just ran a mile on the treadmill dude what am I doing? <laughs> yeah my heart is just pumping out of my chest <laughs> that was just one match <laughs> well yeah man um so okay uh i guess you know that so that's been obviously the big you know big differences that's kind of what we went over in the big uh you know in the first part of this let's i guess step into you know this year so you're on ironman now you've been with the team for these you know these three events how do you think those have gone from kind of your perspective within the team um you know your level of play are you you know happy with it do you think there's things you could have worked on i guess what's just kind of your opinion of this season to the current point uh that's that's a that's a long it's gonna be a long explanation but i'll try to shorten it up best i can Okay. Um, I mean, we have time. Yeah, you're good, dude. I'll start. Yeah, I, I'm good to talk to, and I always force tangents. It's all good. That's what I do. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, any, anyways, in the off season, I was back it up, tell the story a little bit, quick mm -hmm. background. Off season comes around, DMG's relegated, right? I'm yep. sitting around looking on the internet, like thinking about what Mike Hammond said like three years ago on a podcast. Hey, if, are you really pro if, if when you're not pro, if anyone asks you to be pro again? And nah, I wasn't getting no messages, you know, and I'm like, okay, I didn't do enough in my 10 tournaments I had for DMG to make a name for myself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it is what it is. I'll just go, you know, find a team. I still wanted to play paintball. I knew that. And then um, my brother hit me up and he's like, hey, talk to Shane Pistana. Uh, he wants to come try out, you know, sometime in January, we'll get more dates later. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I didn't talk about paintball or think about it for a while. And then I went out a couple of times and just kind of played around. I think in the off season, I think I saw Brandon and them out there. And then, um, got a date, scheduled a flight, you know, did all that, booked a hotel room, whatever, went down for the first week in the tryouts. I think there were like 20 dudes there. A lot of players I looked around, I'm like, all right, these guys are more distinguished than I am, you know, so I'm going to have to try to either outplay them or who knows. Um, Outdog them. Something. I'm going to have to figure something out, right? Just play and not stress about it too much and just, you know, be have a good attitude, right? That's mm -hmm. a huge thing when yep. you're when you're trying to get on a team. Like, a good you got to have yeah. a good attitude, be coachable, all that stuff, right? Be positive. 
no negativity at all. Anyways, it's pouring down rain, pain shooting like crap. My gun wasn't working, you know. So a typical Borrow paintball day. Gun. It's just a, you know, mass fogging up. And then you got <laughs> Ironman guys. Oh, you can borrow my I-5. It's like, cool, bro. I'm going to borrow all your crap like a noob. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the red, the, yeah. yeah. Just nothing's going right, dude. And, you know, the practice was, I guess, practice, try whatever you want to call it, whatever. It, it was all right. It, a lot of three-on-threes, you know, stuff. Just They're just trying to gauge skill level where people are at. Yeah. How people work with each other. Um, ended up Sunday afternoon. They finished it off with a one-on-one tournament. Nice. And um, it was double elimination, just all the tryouts. Ended up getting fourth. Question. Okay, I was going to ask. Question. Did the words of Ben Challenger ring in your ear? Oh, Did yeah, that come back to you as you're like, dirty fuck? <laughs> Dude, you know, really what resonates is just remembering, like, be confident. Mm. I know I can gunfight. I know I can hit my shot. Just don't worry about the outcome. Just play the guy straight up and and play my game, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of went through the one-on-ones. Yeah, because the Ben Chowder thing, I, I had to let that go. So <laughs> we, right? if, you, if you guys haven't heard, that was on the last episode. You got to go back and listen to it. I'm not going to make him retell the story, but yeah, go back and hear that episode. All right. So anyways, made me a better person from it, but... Um, Anyways, played it, got ended up getting fourth, and then uh, which wasn't bad out of twenty, but um, not bad at all. I don't even know if that was something that caught their eye. I think my attitude over the weekend, mm-hmm. considering all the elements, right, all the negativity around what was going on for me, and just remaining positive and just getting along with everyone and just trying to play hard every single time. It was my turn to play. And and doing what you know, doing whatever I can to well, do the right thing and, and play play well. And I guess to relate this, because a lot of people have probably been to a tryout. You've seen the dude whose marker's not working, and he's 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 done. Like like just oh, emotionally, guy, his oh, day God. is over. And you know, so obviously, like yeah, if guys see, oh shit, like he put up with that adversity, didn't give a fuck. It was just like, all right, cool, new marker. All right, let's go play. Like, yeah, people do notice those type of things mm-hmm. for sure. So. Long story short, they asked my brother and I both to come back to a second round. And the second round was, uh, they only had let go of a few guys from that trout. So they ended up, I think we showed up to the second one with, um, I want to say like 16 people, 16, 17. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of dudes mm-hmm. there that weekend. And, uh, we, you know, no one really knew who was going to make it, who was going to make the cut. And it was a double weekend again back in LA. So I had to, you know, get flights, hotels, all that stuff. Yep. Um, you know, putting in our time and money. A little bit on of an investment. Yeah. Investing in ourselves. Yep. Um it was a four team scrimmage. It was Aftermath, Dynasty, NYX, and us. Mm-hmm. And you know, every team was that uh, kind of there for different reasons, right? Aftermath's new roster, kind of doing their thing. Dynasty being Dynasty, fun. just I think they were just playing for fun to just They were trying to get footage you know, for the be- film, probably. Uh, yeah, they were literally just <laughs> smashing on everyone being dynasty like it like they just got home from cup you know what i mean mm-hmm. so then you had nyx who's you know testing out their their new roster their, well, uh, roster or, without hussein guess, seeing yeah. how good they are which you know hindsight they look pretty good that weekend so it was a good indication they were going to be good this season but they anyways pretty good so far yeah without a doubt yeah and then you had um 
you know, us tryouts is a ragtag group of dudes out there trying to all make the cut. And, um, I just, once again, played hard, did what I was asked, you know, kept my, kept an open mind, stayed positive, you know, made some good things happen, you know, made mistakes too. You're going to make mistakes. We're playing against a bunch of pros. Mm. Um, and just kept a good attitude all weekend. And then at the end of the weekend, they're, you know, asking me to continue on and, and try to do the season. But they did, they were honest with me that, um, you know, they weren't necessarily looking for me to be a starter right away. They didn't really expect me to be just because there was a few guys ahead of me with some experience. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you got, they were looking at me like a support, like a two or a three mm-hmm. and you got what slow yak, you got court field and Gomez. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Al is a 10 year 10. He's been playing on the team for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of guys and, and, you know, a little bit ahead of me and my brother, right. I was going to be competing for playing time over my brother. So, you know, I just took it for what it is. Dylan and I were both on the team. It's like, all right, cool. Let's do this together. We're going to travel together. It's going to be, it's going to be an experience, right? It's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And, um, first tournament, not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of made a mistake, right? I got, um, you know, and, and Shane and Mike. So if no one knows, I mean, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone does, but if no one knows, Ironman has three coaches, right? They mm-hmm. got Nikki McEvers who's coached the Ironman for a couple years now. Um, and then you got Shane Pistano who came in last summer. And then they brought in Mike Paxson this year, who's a longtime Ironman veteran mm-hmm. and aftershock player, right? Yep. Three great paintball minds, right? But they also need to figure out how to coach the team too. Mm-hmm. So everyone's excited. Oh man, this roster is looking great. You know, you got a couple scrappy DMG players. You got some Thunder players. You got some solid guys left over from the squad from last year. And, you know, and then the, the, the East coast kids, that's what I call them, but it's the <laughs> yeah. hurricane, New Orleans, New England hurricane dudes, mm-hmm. Keith and Trent and Kyle. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a solid team on paper and it's just, it's like a, it was like a newborn baby. They didn't know what to do with it. Right. Like, <laughs> we don't know how good we can be. We don't know where people are going to be playing at, how mm-hmm. they're going to work together, all that kind of stuff. Right. And you had McGowan too, from uh PC Katana. Yeah. Well, but, uh, in any anyways. new sports organization, there there is a period of time to get things like figured out. Like I feel like sure. any great dynasty yeah. team, not not just talking about dynasty, but just sports in general. You know, New England Patriots. You know, all, any of these teams, they started out at one point not being all that hot, but they figure it out and they're able to figure out kind of that winning like formula. You know how to have the players mesh with the coaches coaches mesh together and you know just figure out team chemistry as a whole yeah so the whole the whole thing was and i, I agree with that and that's kind of the struggle i think the ironman has been going through so far overall mm-hmm. you know in a in a you know bottled up version so we go to the first tournament everyone knows we have 13 players but we knew that we weren't going to have patty gleason for the first tournament mm-hmm. and possibly no nick Sloyak. So that's why they had carried 13 thinking, all right, well, we're never really going to have a full roster. So we need to keep a bigger roster. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty had a kid, congrats to him. And then Nick Sloyak had some family issues going on. So anyways, go to the first tournament. Thought we prepared. Okay. Uh, I think we played dynasty and aftermath prior to the tournament. And uh, I thought we played all right, but you know, the team's still new. Um, I only got one point the whole tournament. 
So that was kind of a, a mental reset for me, right? Mm -hmm. Going from DMG where I ended my tenure on DMG as an every point player. I was, was going to say, I don't think you like rested a Dude. point <laughs> towards the end of DMG. Like yeah. it was, it was every point. I worked point. my way to the, I worked my way to the top of that roster structure on DMG, right? Mm. Um, you're him. And bro. then you go down to Ironman and you're all the way down at the bottom again. But I know, you know, I, I kept a good attitude. I filled the damn pods. I told guys, <laughs> hey, when you did something good, good fucking job. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. just a good teammate. And I wasn't doing that because I know that's what needed to happen. That's just naturally what you should do. So like, that's just being a good, like, you got to understand that, that championship teams are good from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Even the guys that ride the bench, they're solid. They're supportive. It, it, it that all needs to happen, right? So, I mean, I know what it needs, yeah. what it takes. And so I'm supporting my guys, right? Regardless how I feel about the decision are being made on the field, whatever. Um, you know, and after the tournament, I'm thinking, all right, I'm self-reflect, right? Like, well, what did I do? What did I do wrong that didn't gain the trust of my coaches, right? To give me an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I had my discussions with the coaches and they gave me feedback on what they want to see me work on going forward. And so I, I took that and immediately applied it like a professional should do, right? And so we go to the second tournament. And I think the first tournament we went one and three. We beat Diesel and then lost the other three. Mm -hmm. um, go to the second tournament, training for that one. Things are looking better. I kind of found a groove and I earned playing time. And a lot of that oh, yeah. was the coaches saying, dude, you took exactly the feedback we gave you, you applied it, and you implement it into your game. And you're a better player from it. Mm -hmm. And that's something we want to see, right? And then it translated onto the field to where I was, um, for that field specific in Texas, I was contributing for the team, right? I was one of the few guys that could shoot a snake eye off the break. That was a really hard layout to shoot a snake eye break, and I was able to do it. So I earned a, I earned a big role there and then played the middle all right. I think I could have done better. I left some moves out on the field, but, you know, that's part of the part of the journey, man. I got I to gotta get there uh, if you want to be elite. So that tournament goes by. The one weird thing is Dylan ended up sharing the position with me. So we basically alternated every point. Mm. And that was tough because now I'm competing against my brother, right? When, I mean, I, I, I have to... I don't to... want to necessarily do that, if I, but it's pro, so, you know, you got to do it sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I, I have to assume, you know, I, I don't know your guys' full history, but from what I've seen, you guys have always played kind of roles that are complementary, like not necessarily the same position. So, you know, there mm. is kind of a, like, you know... Uh, camaraderie there you know you kind of you have to work together or something like that and i think that's one of your guys' strengths um but okay so you know new situation you have to almost in a way kind of you know one-to-one -one against him like if i play this spot better that means my brother doesn't get to play but if he plays it better sure. i don't get to play and i would really love to play paintball <laughs> like it's like a bittersweet bittersweet situation right mm -hmm. it's like you're happy for your brother i'm his biggest fan but damn it i want to get in there you know <laughs> get, some, get get a piece yeah. right so was like you guys yeah, are kind of beating tournament off went, each all, other. Tournament went all right i think we yeah 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were we're both very supportive of each other. Like he's the one guy that'll be very honest with me about what he feels I need to correct, and uh, you know, same same in you know in return for him. And mm. the thing is, is so that tournament went through. We barely missed Sunday. I think we kind of dropped the ball, losing to ML Kings. Mm. Uh, went two and two. So it, at on paper looked like an improvement, right? Overall, mm. even though I, I felt like the team was still a little, little shaky. Mm. Um, I think that the coaches still haven't figured out what the best combination of players was to build a core around mm. that they can trust. And there were still too many players on the roster, right? Mm. And then sure enough, a couple weeks go by, everyone goes home, self-reflects. Coaches reflect. They have a job to do, right? They're getting paid to to lead this legendary franchise and bring it back to its glory, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the goal. Mm-hmm. And then um, they come out with, uh, hey, we're gonna be we're gonna be cutting the roster down. And, and, and then they, they put in the group chat that you know I think Trent was the first one to go. I was trying to do the math, so, but I think he was, yeah. Trent was the first one to go, so we still know more cuts need to be made if they want to get down to 10, which is what they wanted. And then um, they said they were going to have a practice uh, double weekend down there versus Aftermath, like a non-layout weekend, mm-hmm. and just, just practice and get together a couple weeks before the layout come out. So we went down there, and um, none of the coaches were there. Well, Nikki was there for one day but none of the coaches were really there and they were supposed to make their decision based on that practice in the previous five months. And then, um, came home from that practice feeling a little uneasy, right? Thinking, and Bill and I both were at the airport drinking a beer, talking it out, thinking could be one of us. Right. Yeah. You know, something right. Don't feel right. And then, uh, you know, we're like, nah, you know, stay positive. Like we're both hard workers. Like, we're not done yet. It, it, you know, there's still more fighting us. They just have, you know, we just got to get our opportunities. And then they come home a couple of days later. Dylan calls me up, tells me, uh, you know, he's not on the team no more. So I was a little, didn't feel too great about that. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I waited the whole day to go by. And then the 10 man roster was announced in our group chat. And I was, my name was still on there. So I was a little surprised just because mm-hmm. I, I felt like, I don't think Dylan's. I don't think Dylan was better than me. I think we offer different skill. We offer. You guys we, are different players. I would different definitely say yeah. different players. Hundred yeah. percent. I think there's some things I'm really good at that he's not as good at, and I think vice versa, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I was saying earlier, but you guys usually complemented each other. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For sure. Um, and so, but to say what you were saying, because you you know you said you were kind of surprised to see the list. I I mean I don't want to speak for you, but in your head was there kind of an assumption of like. Damn, I mean, if if Dylan's gone, it's probably going to be me too. Like, you know, is that kind of what you were thinking? I I thought we were kind of a, I was told we weren't a package thing, but in the back of my mind, you know, and that goes back to the confidence thing, man. Like, you know, and my lady had to have a talk with me and she's like, yo, why are you doubting yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. believe that you're as good as you are or you're never going to, you won't never last on this team. You know, and she said some real shit to me that honestly, I was like, yo, like, I respect that. And I appreciate what you're saying to me. You know, I know it's coming from the heart and, you know, that's why I love the woman. And it's like, Hey, I needed that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had my discussion with the, with the coaches and, uh, you know, I spoke with Dylan and the journey now is to at this point, move on, 
and and achieve my own goals mm-hmm. and hope that uh you know Dylan decides to give it another go and on a pro level but he also you know he's about to be a father yeah so a very know, big a life going change on with him yeah he was only going to be able to play one more tournament this year mm-hmm. so that i'm sure had an impact I, I mean i don't know for sure you know but i i don't know i, I feel like you can you're only guess play maybe one more or, yeah you know it's tough right and and dylan wants to be a father and he's going to be a great dad and i'm proud of him and I look forward to being an uncle to his to his niece, uh, to my niece, and you know Dude, his daughter. The fact I became an but, uncle uh, before you did, Jordan, surprises the fuck out of me. But goddamn, all hey, right. Bro. <laughs> I mean, Everyone's got different life possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything happens at the right time. So you know, good for Dylan, and you know, sure. I still love him to death, and I always look for him for advice. And you know, he joked because we went to Philly, right? So we're at Philly now, and this is the first tournament where he's not there. And it was the first tournament I prepared. He wasn't there the whole time. So I'm trying to find my way in the team now on my own, mm-hmm. 100%. But to be completely honest, it might be the best thing for me. Yeah. To really to really catapult to another level. Because now there's nothing to cling on to, right? Like, I got to find my way, push up the ranks in the team, and earn my shit. Yeah. And, well, and no, no other bullshit. All the bullshit's aside now. It's literally just, yeah. it's, it's me doing what I want to do. And I think it almost, it almost puts a spotlight on you in a sense, because I feel like for a lot of your playing career, it's been the Boyum brothers and it hasn't been Dylan Boyum or Jordan Boyum. It's been the Boyum brothers. And so, you know, playing mm. on the same teams, obviously guys are going to try to just put you guys together. Now there is a chance for you to have your time in Ironman and show why you're still on that team, why you're on that roster and you should be playing there. And if Dylan does decide to come back in, he can kind of do the same thing for himself on his level and show, hey, I'm a good paintball player by myself. I, you know, love playing with Jordan, but, you know, I can do it just as well. So I think it is kind of a cool opportunity for you guys in sort of, you know, a bittersweet way. Agreed. And we talked about that. And, and we're on the same page, my brother and I, about that. And I think it is a good thing for me to finish out the season. You know, hopefully I got to survive. There's still 11 guys on the <laughs> roster, so I don't know yeah. what's going on. And that, that's that's one issue, too. You know, there's still, like, this unknown. A lot of guys are playing, you know, a little selfishly because... A little more desperate, almost. There's a little bit of, hey, am I still going to have a spot type of deal? And we had a long hey, talk as a team. It is a little cutthroat, and it's it's a it's a it's a different mentality, man. And I only been with one pro team. This is a whole new deal, where you got some you got some real players on the team. No disrespect to the guys on DMG; those those guys are homies. But these guys have been been through it, right? And I mean, some of these guys got twenty years experience in pro. Yeah, you're playing with guys who are in finals of NPPLs when you know I was still in high school, like. Yeah, yeah, that's just yeah, that's what it was like. So I was watching them on TV on ESPN and you know smart parts five man whatever yeah. an indoor thing like I mean yeah. I've, he's been playing longer than Naughty Dogs. You know that's like yeah. that's no offense to you know sure. Queasy or something like that, but it's you know there is a little Naughty. different kind of expectation when you feel that that's now your teammate versus a guy that you've known in a more personal sense for a longer time. And even aside from all that, aside from all that, and I've had uh, one of my you know. Mike Paxson, great guy. That dude has been straightforward with me from the start. And he's like, dude, 
you need to believe in yourself to ever progress. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that, you know, I, I mean, at practice, I've won three-on-ones against my own fucking team and on Ironman already. Mm -hmm. Like I've won one-on-ones. I've done, I've done all these great things in small moments or small windows that the team, I just need to feel trusted, right? That's one mm -hmm. thing right now. Like we got to get over this hump of the disconnect and you know and that's one of the things it's like well what do i got to do to earn some respect and some trust on this team right mm. yeah go shoot four fucking guys you know and go win a match for us i don't think that's it i think all i need to do is be a soldier and be consistent with with a, as a, on a professional level right mm -hmm. someone asked me to shoot a guy off the break shooting a guy off the break Yep. If I need to get to a spot to help my snake guy, get to that spot and help your damn snake guy, right? Like do things correctly in the way they need to be done, right? Like and I, approach it correctly and then finish correctly. I also I think that is a another huge kind of difference between where you're at this year with Die and Ironman versus where you were at last year with DMG. Whereas, you know, I, I heard Ivan mention this a couple of times and that's where it sticks from for me, you know, be a be an Indian, not a chief. Well, on DMG, I feel like you had to be a little more of a chief. You had to be a little bit more of the guy speaking up, getting organization going for things, um, whether it's game plans or even so much as like setting up practice and shit like that. Whereas now on, on Die, you're, it's literally just, here's a rifle, go like, this is what I want you to do, go do that. And it's a, it's kind of a, it's a different mindset that you have to take now to be a player in that organization versus the last one. That's right. And so, uh, I think I earned a lot of respect from the right people at this last tournament. I ended up pushing myself into some playing time, mm -hmm. you know, Hell and, yeah. and it's not a, a selfish mentality. It's more of a, I'm approaching it as how do I be better for the team? Mm -hmm. What is it going to take? What does the team need? The team needs support players, to support their front guys, stay alive, communicate, make the right decisions to close games out. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the team needs right now. There's a there's a huge disconnect because a lot of guys are just not playing as a team. And in pro, you go down four on five. I mean, that could be that's almost the point I, right I there. I wonder what like, the statistics are on that. Yeah, a body situation. Yeah, like so. Survivability is huge on Ironman, right? That's no, that's no secret. I mean, I, I came away from Philly. You know, I was alive a lot at the end of the points I was playing, but it's two on four against Heat. Yeah, mm. what do you want to do? <laughs> and now they're closing down, like, and yeah, die moving forward. Go shoot a couple guys. Like, you have to be perfect. To win I'll practice the low bodies. I'll practice on my own the low body situations. That's what I spent Sunday doing, right? Playing with some, playing with some, not scrubs, but you know, lower players. <laughs> yeah. You know, to force All myself, right. those guys die. Okay, well, how am I going to win this two on five? Mm -hmm. Let's move forward and go shoot a couple people in the face and go mm -hmm. turn the field and see what happens. You know, get comfortable doing that, right? But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what does the team need? Everyone needs to make a conscious effort to move forward and be a role player for the team as to what we all need, right? Like, I need to go to Kyle, you know, as a front real guy. Like, hey, what do you need me to do 
so I, so I can put myself in position to help you succeed down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just little conversations like that develop into larger conversations that translate into full game theory. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, let's ha- let's start these conversations, right? If no one's going to initiate them, I'll initiate them. Mm-hmm. You know, and just go to those guys. What do you need? Is who's shooting you off the break? This guy. Yeah, just getting well, more connected with your teammates in general, really. Yeah, and just building that trust and chemistry with them, like learning how they play. Mm. Like, and I think that's where Ironman right now is at is who's going to be the five guys that step up and decide to play together mm-hmm. in their respective roles, right? Whether you're a front guy, bad guy, middle guy, whatever you want to call it, right? Every mm-hmm. team calls them a little bit different. I think it just comes down to consistency in your role and just effectively going out there and trying to play with the other four guys on the field with you, mm-hmm. you know, and always just make that a conscious effort. That's where the team's at. They're stuck. We're stuck on that right now. I think uh, we got some practices lined up. Uh, I think a couple practices lined up before the layout comes out and it's going to be a little bloody knuckle action. It's going to be, five on five we got 10 11 guys like it's gonna be i know that talking to shane like it's gonna be a little grittier <laughs> a little more a little more dylan yeah you know, bruiser style paintball yeah. you know i'm gonna get the best of my teammate let's see what he's got coming back right mm-hmm. and i think the team needs it yeah i think they need i think they need to get their fucking asses kicked like just get kicked in the fucking teeth right yeah I mean, who's gonna get back gonna up sitting here it's that's where we're at with this with the, on the on this pro team right now is mm-hmm. and we need to see who can handle an ass beaten and then dish it right back right yeah and so. that it really is a valuable skill in paintball because i mean there's something to say about going up you know back when we had the wall that dude that you sent to the wall who knew he was going to get blown up every point but you still needed him there and if that dude decided he didn't want to one time then your game plan's fucked and it's like well damn I mean, this is how it starts, right? You go to the wall. Like, I was a center guy for DMG. Mm-hmm. You go up the center. I mean, I'd run some 50 routes. I'd get up there. You trade with a guy and just get a, a obliterated. <laughs> yeah. Just every, every dude gets a shot in as you're walking out. As you're and walking out at the middle. Relatable, bro. That is so relatable. And, I'm, you know, I'm not the smallest target. So, <laughs> I'll be taking haymakers from corner players and shit, dude. Like, <laughs> you're okay. like, bro, All what right, the bro, fuck? Like, yeah, like. All right, but that's my job, right? I knew that I'm going to go in there, take some punches, but I'm going to, when I get the opportunity, like the punches are coming, they're coming hard and fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? I will say, and, people uh, like to shoot you, Jordan. I don't know what it is, man. Like, you're, I don't a, flinch. you're a nice guy. <laughs> like, you're not a dick. I'm like, nice. dude, I, I remember this one clip I have at the SAC, the Golden State Open event they had here. Brandon ran you down, and I want to say he put, it was six oh, or seven into dude. your head, and you get up wobbly. Like I'm half convinced there was a little brain shaking there. It was because yeah, passed out on that one. Yeah, and I was like, was "Why, Jordan, worst. man?" Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I I get it. I it's know. paintball. You're sending a message. Like it's like hockey. You know, you go out there, you're a target now. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hard, but you get a yeah. chance to stick someone in pro to make them rethink that all their decisions <laughs> on the next point. I agree, brother. Amen. <laughs> That's his life Amen. motto. That's a big difference. Get, and I think I said this on episode 17. Yeah, you did. Yes. Make it. Make them rethink all their decisions, but don't say anything afterwards. 
There's no the the match ain't over yet. Like don't just leave the trash talking with the guns and the and the moves and the scoreboard. That's how you get in someone's head, and, so and that's how they respect you. Because like that motherfucker, not only put six in my neck and made my whole back numb, and now every time I shower for the next two weeks, I gotta think about that asshole. <laughs> but he also whooped my ass five zero. How do I get better? Because I want to be like Hatch. He didn't even fucking say shit. Like, he just fucking came in and handled business and left. Oh, like, I feel like there yeah, is Brandon a level of, like, fuck. Me, bro. I'm yeah. like, shit, did I have a concussion just now? What happened? <laughs> yeah. You know? And, but it's Brandon. I'm like, all right, Brandon. Cool. And you know? next time I get the opportunity, is, I'm going to try that. Yeah. I'm like, bro, if I get an opportunity to bunker Brandon, I'm bunkering well, Brandon. Well, let's be real. That may have been a little payback him. for when you and Dylan teed off on him like a year earlier. But hey, it just, it, what comes around goes yeah. around in this game. Dude, it's painful, bro. Like, that'll <laughs> never, that'll never leave painful. Yeah. Unless we go to Has Arizona. it ever left hockey? <laughs> like, no. honest question. And it won't. Because that's, that's kind of the, the inner game policing of yeah if shit gets super bad our big 6-4 dude is gonna beat the fuck out of you so don't get that bad and it tends dude. to be a little more gentlemanly when that's an option dude gets the best of you because he made a good move you gotta just take your licks and walk off man like you're gonna get all mental about it you ain't cut out for pro because i could tell you right now there's a lot of players out there regardless how you feel about them the guys that are in pro they'll they'll surprise you they'll make a move on you that you didn't think they could make, and then you'll get humbled really fucking quick. I think I think this is a big disconnect between a lot of just the general paintball public and you know guys who are in the pro side. If you are a pro paintball player, and I'm not gonna say you know a hundred percent, but ninety five percent of the guys who go to the pro paintball level are fucking good players. They they just good. wind up there like they are they are good players that really could win at other divisions that's why they're able to work up to that that you know that threshold and i think you know you mm. see people even this latin saints roster that everyone wants to say is like the worst team they've ever seen well, they could still probably fuck up your d3 your d2 line yeah they're they're not yeah, going to be the sure. best pro team ever but they're also not shitty paintball players like and i think that is a disconnect there's a little bit of like oh well they just get shit on by dynasty well, Dynasty's been doing this for 20 years. Of course they're going to make them look like crap because they aren't on their level. But they're also not, you know, the worst of the worst coming out here. Yeah, I mean, pro's a, pro's a, a beast because you got five or six teams, maybe seven now. That's actually more than it used to be of just stacked rosters of guys that have been there, done that for so many years that they've seen all the moves. Mm-hmm. They know if you snap, you know, you snap one side, you're probably coming out the other side. Like they just, they just know how to anticipate all your decision making. So the only way to beat up on those teams is to play as a team. You can't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, you're going to see some studs make some creative moves, right? People are human. They're going to make mistakes. You might catch them off guard, but to win a match, especially on Sunday, you have to play as a team. Individuals win points, teams win events. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, look at Chris Shear. I don't know if you guys watched the mm-hmm. Philly Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, what team were they playing? Where he just, I felt like made one of the best moves of the day. Shot mm-hmm. like four people and won them the match to get them into the next round. 
and then he just got completely shut down the next match. Mm-hmm. And he and and at the the teams were smart, man. They scout it, and yeah. they have creative ways to stop, you know, stop those moves from happening and kind of lock things up and just be on point about what they're doing. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to go into like crazy specifics on it. Yeah, but no, of course not. That's but the like, general idea of it for the average viewer. Yeah, you have to think about it. You know, those top heads of paintball, Martinez, uh, SK, um, freaking, I mean, Mike with you guys, like those guys. Uh, it's a level of understanding this game that I probably will never have just because you have to think they've been doing it since literally the mid nineties and it, they've seen every format boring. of the game. They've seen every version of, you know, ball speed gun type. Like you just pick up so much knowledge that is invaluable that you can't really gain in a quick, you know, expedited process. One thing you can do though, and even you guys, Brandon and Hatch, mm. you know, you guys are down there grinding a semi pro and you guys are going to start finding success pretty soon. But, um, always, you know, you kind of look at like the way Alex Frazier plays. He's creative with what he does, but he's always, <clears throat> sorry, he's always looking for either a positional advantage or some type of a mental advantage over his opponent. Like, if mm. you notice that. Watch the way he really plays. Yeah. Like, literally, because they go out to Cap Wedge and they play Impact all the time, right? Mm. Like, don't just go watch the game, man. Pick a player, you know, whether it's Dalton, Alex, whoever you want to watch, right? Go watch them play and try to decipher, like, what they're doing and why they're doing it. And you'll start to see kind of the finesse of pro that you don't really realize of, like, guys will just literally try to find every advantage possible above their opponents, right? And they'll, mm-hmm. they'll capitalize on it. And then it, it looks easy, it looks fluid, but what they're really doing is is complex. Mm-hmm. It's they're, so funny you know, when you break it's it down. It's the 40 chess. Like, yeah. It's so funny that you say that, J-Bo, because I remember dude, literally like at least over two years ago now where you would tell me the exact same shit. And literally, I would, yeah, nothing's you, changed. I would pick you and Dylan. <laughs> I would literally pick you and Dylan. And now those are the guys that I would watch every weekend because when you guys were the top dog at the field, right? Obviously, you got to watch the top dogs at the field, you know? Mm. so um that's yeah. funny that you mentioned that where it's like watch him not just no just watch the game but watch what they're doing and why they're doing it that's well and i think because mm-hmm. i think what jordan just said there is is a really it's a really good point because don't hate me alex i don't you know alex is not as fast as he was when he was in his peak at 20 he's not his snapshots nah, probably no. not as Dude, fast or I all this stuff doubt in. oh don't get me wrong don't now. get me wrong but at the same time that's where he still gains his creative advantage from is finding ways to pick apart a layout and catch you where you're either not expecting it and or able to have a creative move like i've seen him do that at practice multiple times like when it's kind of a blind new layout you guys are kind of like getting picking it up he'll have some of these really just creative kind of oh no one could see me there so i exploited that and now they'll always look there but they didn't know that yet and that's the type of stuff that i feel like he still is able to to be uh the top I level like within this alex, game yeah i feel like literally a guy like alex and i'm sure there's some others where they'll literally sit there in the pit and think of a creative move and be like yeah i'm gonna try that at some point and then they just wait they wait until yeah do it bro and it's like god damn that was the craftiest move i've seen all weekend and i think that's they just they had it in their back Mm -hmm. pocket in their mind yeah yep they just wait but i think that's um that's like it's it's a great way to show that it's not just like raw 40 time or you know 
fundamental skills. There's so many other layers to this game that go into being a top level athlete at it that, you know, on the surface, if you don't take the time to look into, you're they're just going to go over your head. And that's why it's important in divisional to acquire all the basic fundamentals, right? Like you got to start mm-hmm. there with these lower teams. Everyone's got to be crispy with their with their fundamentals, so then they can focus more on the mental side of the game in the chess match. Mm-hmm. And then they can really start applying it, and they can actually see it develop, right? Because if you can't hit a guy at the break that you're trying to hit, it's going to be hard to um, simulate what you guys were trying to plan on doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're kind of expecting, you know, kill one off the break because you put two guns on that lane and you guys don't do that, well, fuck. Now the whole plan is already off from square one and we got to figure something else out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just the better teams are going to be a little bit more creative to work around that. And they understand because they're more prepared and, mm-hmm. and they understand the layout better. And then you just have more creative, higher IQ paintball players that kind of put it together and communicate to work it out. But yeah, preliminary, like, D4, D3, maybe some D2, like you got to be crispy with your fundamentals. That's first. If you don't have that across the board of five guys, you're going to be, you're going to be at a disadvantage. Yeah. You're already starting out, you know, back a step. Um, Well, Jordan, uh, I mean, this is a great conversation so far and we are by no means done, but I do got to talk about our sponsors so they don't get too upset at me in an email this week. Um, oh, we're going to bring that up almost, that saved my life. We are going to bring up liquid IV and that's amazing that you IV. went here. Yeah. What's your liquid saved IV story? Life. Yeah. Before we, we jump onto them. So I thought it was a good idea to go play ICPL recently at Capital Edge and, uh, with supposed to play with the chiefs kind of, kind of went my own way and went and played with aftershock. I mean, that was my only opportunity to get an aftershock Jersey. Played with some absolute legends. All right, yeah. So I couldn't turn down that opportunity. (laughs) Played with them. Um, Yeah, man. I was having some type of weird viral infection or flu. I don't know what was going on, Mm. and uh, I barely got through that day. But Liquid IV literally saved me from just like dropping to the ground and not being able to get back up. We gotta give them. We gotta give it a pause for that. Two different occasions that day, man. I don't know if you saw the point where it was like, oh, I think we are playing this chess club or something, and we had to win that match. Mm-hmm. And Jason Village and myself ended up closing it out. And I closed it out by shooting a couple guys. And like, hot, dude, I almost collapsed on the field. <laughs> it was kind of hot. Yeah. And I was like sweating profusely because of like some weird viral infection. And I was just like, dude. And I walk off the field, and I almost start throwing up. And then Queasy comes at me with a liquid IV pack. Puts in a water ball, shakes it up, because that's true, homie. And he's like, here, bro, drink this, sip on it, get in the shade. And then I was good to go and play the finals. Yeah, man. No, I... I got to t- shout him out again. I did that to Connor this past weekend on Saturday. His face was just red as fuck. He was looking beat. And I was just like, I'm not going to let you die. Here's a bottle of liquid IV, man. <laughs> um, no, but I, I got to get into my read. This, this stuff is amazing. Like Jordan was saying, it's a, a really great way to get hydration. Um, the, the cool part now, they also have a sugar-free, which is the one I'm showing off here. They have it in a couple different flavors. Uh, the lemon-lime, there's a white peach, uh, there's a grape flavor as well. Um, they use a, a really good sweetener. Uh, it's uh, allulose, which uh done a little research on. Apparently, it doesn't spike blood levels as much as other ones. So if you have uh, maybe di- diabetic-type issues or other stuff where you're worried about blood sugar levels, um, this is definitely a great choice if you still want to get uh, like three times the electrolytes of Gatorade. 
Um, it's got, you know, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C in it. Um, it's just got a lot of good stuff in there. Some sodium, some magnesium, all the good things that are going to keep you hydrated and going throughout your day. Um, like I mentioned, they've got some great flavors in the sugar-free, but they also have the original, you know, the lemon lime, the golden cherry, strawberry, watermelon, uh, tons of great options. Um, but if you guys head over to liquidiv.com, you can check it out. Um, use the code mafia underscore Moffitt. Like we mentioned earlier on, you're going to get 20% off and free, sh uh, free shipping over there on their website. So it'll show up right to your door nice and quick. And, uh, yeah, it won't be an arm and a leg for it. Stay hydrated out there. It's the middle of the summer. If you're going to Seapool and you don't have some of this in your bag, you're messing up because it is about to be a freaking nightmare of a weekend. As um, a wrap, I'm gonna have those. 109. 109. Saturday, boys. Jesus. It's gonna be a I'm fun have, time. I'm gonna have my liquid IV right next to my red flag, so be ready. <laughs> <laughs> throw a, a pouch and a flag at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then if you throw a pouch at me and I'm playing CEPO and you throw a pouch at me. I'm cheating my ass off to get more liquid IV pouch. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we just start See using I mean? the strawberry because it's red. So yeah, that's the, dude. yeah, okay. I'll I look like over that. the ref right when I get in the face, say, throw me in a strawberry. <laughs> and then, no, wipe the face it. Now give me the strawberry. <laughs> He's like, I got to pull two of your teammates. Give them one too. The God damn it. Like... Just hook the homies up in the back, boys. Let's go. <laughs> For sure, guys. So once again, head over to liquidiv.com slash, uh, or not slash, liquidiv.com. And then the code is mafia underscore Moffitt. Uh, last tonight on our sponsor list, we got Nectar. So we talked about them earlier on. Um, it's a little energy pouch, so it's got caffeine in it as well as a neurotropic. Um, there is no like tobacco. There's no nicotine. Um, it does kind of take the same form of like a Zen or a pouch type uh, item like that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, a more kind of clean form of energy. Um, a lot of people swear by these. I know Hatch loves them on like his car rides home, stuff like that from mm -hmm. the field. Um, you know. If you aren't able to pick up an energy drink or you just don't really like drinking those, this is definitely a little more clean or healthier of an op option. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy them. They've got their two flavors right now, which is the uh, fresh mint and the iced mango. Um, we should be seeing Berry Blast and Pure Passion coming at some point in the future. So that'll be exciting. I'm I know I'm Hatch is a passion fan. That's his whole uh, Dude, that's his whole deal. Shout out to D Shave Ice. That's my new favorite flavor, D Shave Ice. You'll see that. <laughs> hey, simple. no free ads. No free ads. We're in the middle of another ad read. Come on, come on. Oh, but um <laughs> Danny, you gotta pay us for that one, man. Uh <laughs> But yeah, guys, head over to uh, Nectar. As I said earlier, Nectar.energy and Nectar is spelled N-E-C-T-R.energy slash Mafia Productions, all one word there. And that's going to get you a buy two, get one free code. Uh, you're also going to get free shipping as well. So same thing. It'll show up to your door nice and quick. Uh, I think Brandon ordered it and it was there like two days later or something. It's yep, ridiculously days. fast free shipping. So yeah, uh, head over there, Next Energy. Appreciate those guys. Thanks to our two sponsors for tonight for supporting the show. Um, well, all right, guys. I mean, there are a couple other topics I wanted to get into tonight. Uh, I think there are some interesting things to talk about. Uh, well, we're kind of in this like sports, you know, vibe, and we've been talking about paintball a lot. One that I wanted to bring up was: uh, Do you guys have like embarrassing stories from sports as a kid? Because I actually do have one, and I I just think it's funny to think back to it because the the amount of like cringe that enters my body when I think about it. I, do you guys? It, any of you guys have a story like that in, the, in your life where you're just like, mm, wish that never yeah, happened? I, I have one. I, I yeah, how how I reacted one uh, after a game. Yeah, I I look back and it's like, fuck, dude, I wish I didn't do that. What did you, you do, Brandon? I was just. I, 
you know, it, I cried hysterically. Um, and it, it was hey, it meant a lot to you, just, buddy. It shouldn't have. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> wasn't a big game or anything. It was just a dumb role that I didn't know. Uh, okay, what thing. happened? What's the full story? So, what's this, what sport is it? Uh, baseball. So, baseball. It, it, baseball. Um, like. I think we only went to six innings. We were uh, like top of the six. We were the the away team, uh, down by a run or two or whatever. Uh, had a player on third. Um, I was the leadoff hitter. I was was the fastest fastest one on the team. Oh uh, shit! Okay, Brandon. Yeah. What a flex! What a flex! Yeah, hey, hey. And uh, <laughs> um, I was able to all year long. I was laying down bunts and beating beating them out. So okay. we had a runner on third. I think we were down by one. Uh, want to just lay down a bunt towards first, uh, be- beat the run out. Uh, hopefully they throw throw it to home. Hope some kids or, or, like you know, eleven year old arm sucks pretty you know, much. That's yeah, what you're exactly. hoping. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, eleven at this point, or you, it was like something like that. Yeah, somewhere okay. between ten and twelve. Okay, Little um, still. Yeah, and uh, get two strikes on me, and I go to lay down a bunt, and oh, oh, I hit it into pal oh, territory, and. Yeah, and that's, that's strike three, bro. Yeah, none of us knew that. <laughs> you guys didn't that. know that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Gump said, "Nope, game over. You're out." That's uh, disappointing. Yeah, it's the third out, and it was, yeah, it was frustrating. <laughs> and looking back, like, Oof. it's not like I was a little kid or anything, but I was old enough that, ah, come on, don't. I shouldn't have acted like that's that. an embarrassing one because i i feel like i did know that at that age like i feel like i picked yeah. that up from like video games because fucking around as a kid i'd like go to bunt and like still get called out or some shit and like honestly i think that's how i learned that rule was like mlb 2k 08 or some shit jesus yeah i yeah, but yeah man. okay so crying hysterically that's your you felt embarrassed about that well have you guys ever Pretty. ran into a pole I ran into a truck. All right. Does that count? Uh, kind of. Same, same. It's a stationary pole, object. The pole was bad because let's, let's, I got to build the setting a little bit. Seventh grade, uh, middle school year, you know, very formative years of a child's life, uh, going out for wrestling, you know, going to become a man a little bit, grow up, Hell try yeah. to put some hair on my chest as, you know, as they would say. Uh, well, I did, I did get through it that year. It didn't start off so hot. One of the, like, first times that we were conditioning, we were running around our, like, blacktop area. And you know that they have, like, the, like, I, I mean, everyone's school is probably different, but ours had, like, this big, just wide, like, concrete pad area that had, like, basketball courts in it. So it had, like, every now and then there'd be, like, some hoops kind of in place in a row. And so we were, like, running, you know, like, corners, kind of, like, running the, you know, the perimeter of that. And one time, I don't. I don't fully remember why, but I, I looked over for a split second and then just pull face full speed. And dude, I, you guys ever had that feeling where just, you can't breathe, just all wind knocked out of you. Just absolute, just like, just trying to get air back into you. Yeah. That's essentially what I had for like the next, uh, like minute and a half after that. And then you throw in the fact that I'm, you know, like I said, similar years to Brandon, like 11 or 12 at this point, whatever you are in seventh grade. I am fucking embarrassed to all hell, bro. I, in front of my whole wrestling team, I just got the shit knocked out of me by a pole. So, uh, yeah, that's one of those moments I look back on and I'm like, well, I wish that never happened. <laughs> that's okay. definitely a, a rough mark on the, uh, the memory. That's not bad. Yeah, well, I mean, it, pretty bad, you got to remember, though, this is middle school, too, bro. So you if you did that in front of your whole team, you would 
you would have been so embarrassed at the time because that was the whole time when you like don't want to so like stand out or any of that shit. Spandex, but you were embarrassed. No, because because we, we were men doing real manly shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, we were we were yeah. men wearing tight yeah. shit. Touch yeah, other well, men. some dude was behind me in doggy dude. essentially <laughs> called top mount, and I'm like, I have to fight to get out of his grip. Yeah, I, you know what? Fuck it. But hey, American wrestling. It's honestly, it's if you're good, really though. good at it, it's some harsh shit. Cena. <laughs> oh yeah! And you can't see me, bro. You can't see me, dude. You but, couldn't uh, see the pole, bro. No, I couldn't. <laughs> the pole came out. I know the pole said that actually. That pole had great. No, everyone saw you. You just couldn't see anyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn, bro. But uh, all right, Hatch. You got anything like that? You ever, you ever fucked up in in sports back in the um, day? I do remember this. This was back. So this is when J Bo was on DMG and shit. One hot ass summer. Uh. They're fucking us up all practice like usual. Um, it is a turns into like a one on two between. Shit. It's like one on two between I'm the one and then it's Jabo and then Av, right? I think this is like for the Sacramento event last year. And I'm like looking back, I'm trying to talk, and I go to like <laughs> breathe in really fast. Brando knows exactly <laughs> what happened, and I'm like I breathe in, I go, <gasps> and no joke, a fucking turf bead touches my uvula, and I just start fucking. <laughs> projectile vomiting in my mask <laughs> in the middle of this fucking two-on-one right and then i'm like i'm like hiding right jaybo like i'm like in like the dorito corner i'm like throwing up and i like sneak into the dorito one jaybo doesn't see me i i shoot jaybo because you're he, slacking in the middle you know doing jaybro shit and then wow. I'm, I'm, running down, I'm running down the dorito side i trade with i trade nice. with Ab, and i'm like dude good enough for me but dude i was like i think i kind of actually remember this a little bit yeah you remember that i think i do remember it, yeah yeah because there's not a lot of times that you've free. shot me, but I remember that one. It's yeah. not damn. <laughs> dude, I remember, dude, when you're the top dog, dude, there were practices when he would, they would just fuck us up. There were times where, obviously, right, they were practicing impact and dynasty. So whenever they would come get over the there, scraps, yeah. yeah, whenever we'd get the scraps, <laughs> the scraps, you know, they would just fucking ruin our day, just right? Crush like, all hopes of your guys' performance. Yep, they get they their confidence uh, would be brought down from, from I was gonna say dynasty. essentially what happened so to you guys. Like, Alright boys, <laughs> let's go get them and they come and just fuck us. It was up. legitimately a hurt people hurt people type moment. Like yeah. you like, guys just got bad, kicked dude. in the stomach all day by them and then you're like, Alright, fucking come here, Hatch. <laughs> but that's straight up what made us better. That it is does. Yeah. That's that iron saying, sharpens bro, iron. The ass whoopings Iron shot sharpens iron for sure. I agree. And uh, if you ain't getting your ass whooped, bro, what are you doing? If you're the guy that's constantly well, ass every weekend at your field, I feel like you're kind so of so you 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 can get your ass whooped, but are you actually reflecting off of it and anal you know critiquing your your game and and applying it? You know, because if you're just out there getting your ass whooped, then you're just out there getting your ass whooped, and then you're basically just a punching bag for someone, you know? yeah, who's higher level there, than you, taking notes and be like. How the hell do I keep Dylan from bunkering me this game? Oh, I need my bad guy's help to put his ass in? Okay, so that's how things start developing, right? Start figuring out ways to play better. Yeah. So that shit don't happen no more. I don't know. That's just basic shit, but yeah, that's essentially what should be happening. But yeah, if you're taking ass whooping after ass whooping and ain't nothing changing, then you're just out there getting your ass kicked. That's all that is. They were clapping us, and then we won cup. So what's up, baby? (laughs) That's what I'm saying, though. There There you go. go. You know, dude, that cup lineup was pretty stacked. Literally, too. okay. Hear this, dude. Crazy lineup right now, Brando. The weekend where I throw up, kind of tie a two v one. Count that in my favor, a tie, right? And uh, 
We we won the Sacramento event the next fucking weekend. We did, yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Getting our asses whooped. Uh, got our asses fucking beat. We, that might have been the only point we won all day, bro. And and you know what? That I think the low. Go go go. I was saying, I think the low body guy always has a slight advantage because he has nothing to lose. You should go yeah, into I it agree. like that. I got nothing to lose. If I win this shit, I'm a god. You're a god. If, if not, it, well, I'll shit, bro. To lose it. Yeah, like yeah, it's a win-win for you, bro. You have yeah. nothing to lose. Just fucking send it, bro. Yeah, You're getting so a I'm free roll. This guy, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take a one-on-one -on -one right. for like ten seconds, and then like hopefully I win that, and then I'm gonna go challenge the Dude. next guy. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, I feel like we're getting away from it a little bit here, but uh, Jordan, do you ever have any embarrassing oh, yeah, sports yeah. stories? Everyone else got one in, so I gotta at least yeah, ask you. I was sitting there thinking about it. I did mention I ran into a truck. That was an easy one. We were just playing football on the street, and I went for a, you know, a deep ball and forgot that there was a Toyota sitting there. <laughs> but you know, I didn't break any bones. I was, was crying because I was a little kid, but you know, I shouldn't have ran into a truck. Uh, bad ball yeah. on the guy throwing it for sure. Had to been definitely his ball. Uh, no, and bad parking decision. Why would that guy park there playing football? Dude? Yeah, everyone but you <laughs> made a false decision there. I, I do agree hard. with that. Yeah, yeah. blame everybody <laughs> else. Though. That's the most toxic the shit ever, dude. What the hell? Fucking car, dude. Car dude, so yeah, the dude, dude who wasn't hell? Tom Brady who threw it, the fucking parking job, the fucking, like, fucking you're gonna blame asshole, Toyota man. next for making such a solid bumper. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. I should have blamed Toyota, it's, sent them yeah, an email. It, it should have had a little more give, you know? You know, I should have wrote him a letter for sure. <laughs> uh, no, the only one I could really think of that's fresh is, um, that you might remember, you might be around for this. Brandon, I don't think you were around yet. Uh, one on ones, dude. That, that was, that's my kryptonite, dude. I, I just hadn't been good at them for a long time. And then, um, I'm still not great at them, but I'm getting better. But, uh, I think Kimmel called me out. In front of the whole camp, dude. Oh, God. I do remember that. Wait, is this whole big camp, or little bro? Kimmel? This is big Kimmel. This is uh, big Kimmel, okay. Kimmel, Kimmel, I mean, he's Kimmel still little, he's... but... This is virgin Kimmel. Yeah. Oh, okay, virgin okay, Kimmel, okay. Right. Pre-college, pre... Yeah. You know, pre... Guy, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe a, a, a buck 20 soaking wet, like... Right, he was a little shrimp. Yeah, you know, and I was that was Big Daddy Jabo, dude, two fifty. You know? <laughs> no way. This Three of me. him was one of you. <laughs> I could eat that guy, bro. <laughs> so uh, we lined up whole camp, bro, like all the squads. You know, hot summer day. Dude calls me out, beats me, and then my stubborn ass is like, "No, nah, fuck that, line up again." <laughs> beats me again, bro. He beat me seven times in a row. The whole damn camp. I tapped. I was like, yeah, you know I, mean, what? I feel bro. like at that point you lost a best of my seven. Pride is, my pride is disintegrated to nothing. I should sell my shit and leave. <laughs> like, it's a good thing you did it. That day, bro, was so goddamn embarrassing. Oh. You know, and at the end of the day, bro, like one on ones, they're just supposed to be fun. There's not a lot Fair you should really stress on about. It. That is one thing too at fields. Like I like the hormesis, the coin, the coin mm -hmm. thing because it forced people to, you know, get out there and play one on ones that normally probably would have never played. Hold on, I'm gonna grab my charger. But um, yeah, like guys who might, you know, want to play against you but never would have the reason yeah. to be like, hey Jordan, can we play one on one real quick? Exactly. Now you got, you know, people playing one on ones 
and uh, they should do it more often. People should be playing one-on-ones all the time mm-hmm. just for fun. They don't need a coin, but, I mean, it, it adds an element to, you know, pride. But Yeah, it gives you know, it, you know, a little bit more of a reason to. We did yeah. one-on-ones this past weekend, Brando. Why don't you tell them how that went? Yeah, we did do one-on-ones. Oh. Yeah, Brandon. Oh, you got to tell yeah, the story. I, I my my punishment for choking a one on one at in Philly was uh I had to play one on ones uh against the whole team, and uh, everyone so I lost. Uh, Brandon got train ran on him essentially. It was literally like whoa. someone goes to the box. All right, points over. Brandon, get back to the box. Someone else go fuck him up. Someone else go. And oh to his credit, gosh, to his he credit, he won a decent amount. He won four. He he won a decent amount. Hey, well, Brando, why don't you just tell him who sent you that first L? Why don't you just tell him who sent you that first one? <laughs> I'm assuming it's Hatch. Hatch must be. Yes, it's right. Daddy Hatch. The thing is, the thing is uh, Coach Chim, because the thing is, that point, I fucking bullets down the Dorito side, shoot fucking four dudes. Then we get a fucking miner behind me and fucking pulls out everybody. Brand- guy gets shot on the snake side. Brando's running down. Now it's a one-on-one, and then he loses. And it's like, we shouldn't even have let it come to that. Realistically, the penalty, yeah. right? Dude, I got the penalty. Guy should be should have done the one on ones. I bunkered my guy. I did my job. He did, and it was my a verbal first clip. job. Yeah, <laughs> like they, yeah, yeah. That real. That, that was the point. That was yeah. the point that that I lost the one on one. But I bunkered my guy. Stay stay alive. Yeah, to look over and everyone's fucking dead. What the what the fuck? So and Jim's like, you got to get your revenge, Hatch. You you killed so many people just for him to fuck it up for you. And I'm like. That's a valid point, Shim. Fuck this guy. And so for he a was second, Brandon was the yeah. enemy. Yeah, for a second, Brandon was the enemy. He saw red. Now, it, oh. yeah. His outline changed back to blue. He's good. It's okay. But I was cheering yeah. for Brandon once I was done. For sure. I think I would have messed with Brandon and be like, you know what, Brandon? You should have shot everyone. What are you doing? You know what? I mean, you're, what do you mean you're a guy? They're all your guys. You <laughs> <laughs> got them all. That's a, valid, what are you doing? that's a valid observation, J-Bo. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, damn, dude. Do that. Hire me as a coach, bro. I'll coach with Shim. <laughs> hell yeah there That's we go a good one. Um, be a dynamic duo. so okay speaking of the one-on-one format this actually reminded me of something i saw today and i wanted to get hatch's opinion on it so hatch go over to the group chat on your phone real quick i i want to know your opinion so this is a player who is playing in the hormesis one-on-one I just want to kind of, I just want to see what Chris, or not guy gave away the name, but uh, that's, that's fine. It was Chris Caputo. I just wonder what you think of his, uh, his costume there. Oh, his fucking cowboy what do you, what do you think of the costume there, was, Hatch? I thought that was fire. The fact that he pulled the little, uh, little pea shooter the little, little pea shooter. Yep. I, I just wanted to get your opinion. Cause I was like, oh, that's Hatch's thing, but okay. Let's certified badass. Chris Caputo, yeah. dude. I like that guy. Who did this? Chris, Chris Caputo. Caputo. It was I'll during it the. Right I'll send it to you right now, Jay. But I'll send it to you right now. I believe it's the Joust. I think is the so fun version. What's can, up? I'm sorry. You can watch it online. You can watch it. Yeah. Well, so I think they've they've done live stream versions, but they also are you know media's there. People are invited, so we're starting to see clips pop up during the week. Um, but yeah, it's. I think he was doing that during, like I said, the Joust, which is the more kind of fun, just. It's a team environment. Just come play paintball and have one on ones. And then the duel the next day was the like competitive. If you win, you get an entry to potentially win 10k. I think it is. That's the top prize for the yeah. final one. It's, that's pretty dope, man. I, um, I mean, I haven't followed it too much. I know I see like who who's been winning, but um, I always thought that'd be a great idea, man. I'm. Mm. I know if you. I talked to David about doing it a few times, but you know, it looks like uh. 
you know, Ollie, Ollie's a good dude to be doing it. And yeah. uh, they're smart, man. It's going to be, I think it sounds like everyone's loved it. I I've, sold out so far every mm-hmm. spot, every tour. So And not, not just like know. competitors, but people go into the events, say they're a blast. It's a, just a, apparently a fun time. So we'll see if we get out to one because the closest one to us is down in in uh, LA, unfortunately. So uh, we'll have to maybe plan out a trip or something. Drive, you can make it. Yeah, yeah no, we'll, we'll see what happens. Halfway for you. That is halfway. You gonna play the SoCal one? I mean, I'm fucking down. I thought you were a duelist, Tatch. Dude, go down there, I, dude. I'm down. The thing is, my you have commitment to. is to the team. That's the thing. When it? What weekend is it? It's like in October, bro. Really? Yeah, I I'm actually yeah, not sure, but close to any tournaments. Dude. I will they, say, they if you want to get signed up, you got to do it soon, because like we said, spots are full at every single one of these. I think uh, Jacob Johnson's trying to get into the Texas one. Um, so if you have a spot in the Texas event and you want to sell it, Jacob Johnson's willing to buy it. There you go. Appreciate you, buddy. No Thanks way. for coming on the show last you week. You sell your spots? No fucking way. <laughs> well, if you like have it, I mean, yeah. If there's somebody who wants to play in it, I guess you can. Uh, but yeah, okay, so I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I know that's something that's been kind of coming up in paintball is this 1v1 format. The tangent effect, that's what happens with me, bro. Like, we, <laughs> like I brought up the one-on-one with Kimmel, and now look where we're at. Yeah, yeah man. Literally. Hey, but that's that's podcasts, because uh, I only have a couple more different, you know, written-down things to talk about, so we got to fill time. One of them, though, I actually am going to jump into, because I want to I wanna give people a little bit of background here on some stuff that's happening in kind of the entertainment sports world um so has anyone in this call watched the american gladiators documentary that was on espn there's two there's one on netflix and there's one on espn has anyone seen the espn version i think no. i've seen clips of it with cedars okay so What's cool all right on? so good to good to know so um american gladiators uh for you know uh, that's a big thing, but essentially it's an old school TV show. It was kind of a reality sports type show that they had and it was on air. The The fun fact with that is the creator of it was trying to get it made for about seven years before he finally was able to get someone to take a chance on it. The kind of interesting part is during that year when it was first brought to market, there was a strike going on. Uh, I want to say it was either... It was a sports organization of some type. Like it was MLB, NBA, one of those. I, I can't remember the exact one right now. But essentially what happened is entertainment like ESPN, you know, NBC, when they were supposed to be playing these sports games, they needed something to put there because, you know, if they don't, then they have dead air and they can't sell ads on it. And that's like the worst thing for a broadcast corporation. So what did they do? They went out to find other programming. Some of that programming that they found was, you know, American Gladiator or something like that, you know, something new, something different. What we're seeing, you know, go forward a couple years past that in um, 94, I want to say, that was the first time that paintball was on the airway. The exact same thing took place. There was a strike of some type. I forget exactly which one it is, but paintball was essentially allowed to come on because there was a lack of content for other, you know, other sports, other, you know, uh, like entertainment type properties, shows, stuff like that. Um, So essentially there's a gap in the marketplace people need content to put on there so we're reaching for things we're trying to find other things this is getting to a point to where today we now i don't know if you guys have been following this but there is a writer strike actively going on in hollywood i've heard about that uh it it is you know in the recent news about it it is something that is gonna be quite a while longer so with that news in mind 
Did you guys also hear that Slam Ball is coming back? Do you guys know what this is? Slam Ball yeah. is trampoline basketball from the mid 2000s. It was a, you know, kind of a, a an action sport that they tried to create and get off the ground during that boom. Like so does that seem court is is uh, has trampolines in it? Yes. Slam ball is going to make it back to TV before paintball does. But but Jordan, I think that's the point I'm making here. Do you see why it's getting back on? Because there's a lack of content. Because there's not all these writers who are making shows for NBC. They need to fill that airway with something. Well, let's you know find a new sport. Slam ball. Slam ball raised eleven million dollars in a uh, series funding round so they could put this production on and get it on the airwaves. Guys. Tommy, I'm sorry. What are we doing, bro? Trampoline basketball is able to raise eleven million dollars, and like, I, I'm just at a loss for like, what is he doing? Because this is probably the best opportunity that we will have for another decade. Because, like I'm mentioning, and I'm, and I was proving with the history, when strikes like this happen, when companies get desperate for content, they get desperate to get something out there. That's when you have these opportunities as weird things like American Gladiators, like Slam Ball, like Paintball. Um, oh, and the... Paintball. What's up? Paintball. Paintball is weird, but it's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. What I said that. Yeah, that's that was the last part of my list. Is and and that's exactly the point. Is we have an opportunity right now because of the situation that's going on. I just get to the point. Is like, wh what is our leadership doing? What is you know tom and bart in past episodes of uh podcasts are they our leaders? well that's the thing <laughs> that that's a good ass point because are they really you oh, know are they just trying to put money back in their pockets but at okay, the same time okay. growing the sport would also put money in their pockets so it's like i know what is oh, yeah. this you know it, it's a very it's a very hard conversation to have because i don't have all the information i'm not in these meetings i don't know what they're talking about but from an outside perspective, knowing some of the information I do about how the entertainment industry works, and thankfully, I've been actually talking with Dan Napoli about some of this recently, and he's helping fill me in more as well. It really just seems that we're spinning our wheels in the mud doing fuck all when trampoline basketball is, you know, doing what it's doing. When, you know, beanbag tossing is doing what it's doing. But don't get me wrong. Those are a lot easier and cheaper to make. And, and so there are, there are, like, production complications. But at the end of the day, the point still remains that if that is finding funding in today's age, then why the fuck aren't we? So check this out. And I totally hear where you're coming from on that. I I didn't realize all that was going on because I'll be honest, I don't even own a computer. <laughs> I barely watch TV. Yep. I spend a lot of my time at work, outside, in the gym. Like I don't do... You bring other people their stuff, internet. You don't use it yourself. I manage people that bring gifts, <laughs> but I did that for a long time. But anyways, look at what F1 did. Mm -hmm. Look at what golf did. Golf just came out with some, you know, thing where they follow yeah. all these pros, and it makes it I'm also going to – I'm, I'm going to stop this. getting into golf right now. Oh, no, you're 100% you're right. And so I'm going to stop this argument just at the head, though, because – well, you are 100% right. It is a very good marketing element to bring people into a sport that is a little unknown. Drive to Survive cost $1.1 million an episode. Where's that money coming from? You know, like... Mercedes, bro. 
BMW exactly, but, but the point I'm making else. in our sport is who is going to pay me to spend the time and the you know effort that should go into making a documentary of that length? And I'm not just saying me. I'm saying me as like you know media in general. Who you know the verbals, the Enriques, the guys who are actually going to be there working on it, creating it, and or an outside company that may come in and create that. Who is putting up the money to get that sent out? Um. I think it's up for grabs. Like when you mentioned leaders, like I don't think honestly from what they're doing, like I think Bart ver- verbally kind of put out there his plans and his goals. Mm-hmm. So he may be someone that's capable of putting money down. But honestly, I think paintball industry is up for grabs, bro. <laughs> I think like if someone came in with some big pockets and were like, hey, I'm taking it in this direction. Like how could anyone say no to that? Because we're floundering now. No, like, no, I mean, everyone is comfortable with what they got. Everyone wants their the whole pie, and you know, it's yeah. what's going on well, at a we, top level. We have, like. I will say, to the NXL's credit, one thing they've always talked about is sustainability. And like, we can't just build something crazy, burn all this shit, and then it doesn't exist anymore. We've kind yeah, of come to a decent plateau of okay, we have a national series, we have Five events, events that take a place. Like, we've kind of hit that plateau. But now we need to do something else to either like get past this plateau or, you know, diversify and go a different way, you know, plus this version of paintball. Like you were talking about it with like, you know, the fitness stuff earlier, Jordan, like you would grow and then you'd hit a, you know, a plateau and then you'd have to find out something else to do so you could keep growing. I feel like we're kind Mm -hmm. of in that little stagnation period personally. And if that is some other person coming in and just being like, hey, here's. 15 million dollars i want it done this way this way this way maybe it works maybe it doesn't but i you know we're, we're trying something or you know someone's trying something i just i feel like if we keep doing what we're doing we're just going in a circle it's tough man someone's gonna have to take a risk for sure mm-hmm. for sure financially yeah that's what it's gonna take but i feel like you follow the top five teams in a tournament and the drama behind their whole preparation to the outcome because one of those five teams is probably going to win the tournament mm-hmm. like dude that story with the right cameras and the right production yeah the right crew to tell it yeah insane i mean there's been some short movies on finals uh competition and stuff at, at pro like that are pretty dramatic we're like damn dude that was badass i think the one they did on damage at the lone star last year like that was mm-hmm. sick yeah that you was know, uh like, dylan that was by chance, ghost sports bro. yeah yeah so it's like they need to do more of that but somehow feature it to people outside of just ghost sports subscribers mm-hmm. which are literally just paintball people yeah and i do see like, I where the... to do it not, you know exactly me, but... like i see where the problem lies in that well if we're spending money to make content and then we just give away content for free where 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 does like you know doing? where does the money come back <laughs> so it's like that's a you know step one do this step two question mark step three profit like that's kind of what that type of seems mm. so you know obviously i get that that doesn't work but there has to be ways that we can sell a product some type of content to advertisers because really at the end of the day that is why tv exists that's why sports exists really is because it makes a product that advertisers can put their product over to then sell more units subscribers whatever the fuck it is um and so once you realize that and start looking at it as a whole we do have an entertaining product i mean this sport it 
it hooks people for a reason like all of us here have been doing this for most of our life at this point there's a reason for that mm -hmm. you know that's not a common thing bag mitten it may hook some people but it doesn't it doesn't do that as much as you'll see with a sport like paintball um so obviously there's something there it's just figuring out the right way to package it and you know sell it to people so then they can put their you know i guess stamp and stuff it, on it i don't know it concerns me that no major sponsors have wanted to put their hands anywhere near paintball in the last 10 years yeah and you we know, did I mean, have like uh, and we did have companies come uh, in like uh like rain and this was a conversation i had openly with matt ingles you yeah. know rain came in and they were excited to do so and honestly i mean the community kind of spoiled it they they came to the environment that they saw at events and they just didn't want to come back they you know they stuck out their contract and then when their contract was up they didn't want to renew with matt and some of that is guys we got to stop you know fucking lighting up in the pits we got to stop you know fucking uh you know getting in fights openly on the There's nxl grounds like at the on a professional on a professional so uh, circuit sometimes that's part of you know paintball and it's wa all walks of life, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you, other sports, there's more structure from the very bottom, all the way up through the transition up to the up, you know, higher competitive levels, to where that kind of gets weeded out very early. Mm -hmm. To where by the, the time yeah. you get to mm -hmm. the national product, it's serious competitors, right? But like paintball, man, it's like I don't I'll care if that guy's a dirtbag because he makes it to fucking D two every time. Yeah. Like, like I don't. I, turn, I, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like no disrespect. When I turn, I know we need it for the sport. I turn around and I see like some D four team, like looking like a bunch of thugs. You know, mm. a couple big dads paying for the team and and everyone smoking weed and stuff. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? I know you're just having fun, but there should be like a different league for that. Well, and, and I that's, agree completely, J. But I also, and I think the point you just made like almost is more is is a, yeah is more okay in my mind because they're at just a, a local tournament and yeah it's not great like that's not really how we want our sports scene but like all right whatever when you go to an NXL you're also representing the sport as a whole because people are going to show up there thinking that it's the you know the top level of of the sport whether they're uh, a corporate executive who are touring the venue which they have and you haven't realized it um you know it's uh, a marketing people for maybe a new company who wants to come in like these people do come to our events you guys don't know them so you don't recognize that they're there but then they see kind of the status of some of the stuff that's happening and they just they don't want it's too much of a liability they don't want their company associated with that i got a lot man even some of the pros it's like bro you ain't i mean you're pro because you're good at paintball but you're not like a professional athlete bro i laugh when people <laughs> had drag pro athlete i'm like what <laughs> the last time yeah. you guys lifted a damn weight bro <laughs> how much you squat you bro stretch? what's your clean come on let's go i mean regardless like bro you don't diet you don't exercise you don't do anything that professional athletes typically do mm. you know you show up and you practice paintball off on the layout weekend. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know really how to define a pro, I guess. Because people could argue that all day, right? Like, you know, pro could just be the best at their sport, and other people could say you're not pro until you get paid. 
mm -hmm. to do to do something right pro could be a mindset thing it could be how you hold yourself accountable or some shit or it could be you know like you just said uh you know a monetary value or something like that like everyone has kind of a different level of what professional is to them and yeah. another, another thing that i want to say is whenever i would go out to like a rec ball field like whenever i would go to like my local like you know uh shack paintball shack right shout out just shooters some, just to do some drills right um like i would show up in my d i would just show up in my dmg like jersey and my dmg gear and just to snap out some cones and dude the average person would be like oh are you a pro you look like pro right everybody <laughs> just kind of a, everybody just kind of like assumes just because you like you look like you know what you're doing because yeah Tell you, yes he just yes 100 <laughs> now all i say I've is i'm pro, I, pro for I'm 15 pro. years <laughs> <laughs> you you spoke it into existence that's all difference. it was oh you own a planet eclipse gun oh yeah you must be pro it's like no i own an angel they're like oh what <laughs> <laughs> they're like what and is you, that and you freeze your paintballs <laughs> you freeze oh, your paintballs i, lo oh, I god. love the freezing paintballs one. Oh my god yeah. it's my favorite the science of it literally doesn't work, but we don't we don't need to get into that here. I like the one where it's uh they give him a tipman ninety eight and then he goes, Oh, can I get a sniper? And they put the tipman ninety eight back behind the counter, grab the same exact tipman ninety eight and say, Here you go, sniper. And it's like, <laughs> dude, sniper <laughs> Well, dude, but okay. I guess, but at the, you're talking about kids now and let let kids have fun, bro. All right, you know, they're playing the game, like fuck it. I don't like that's the no, thing. I mean, I've I've never you know, if you want people to come and play our game in the future, you need them to go experience it in whatever ways they want. So yeah, if they want a sniper rifle, because let's be real, everyone thought a longer barrel helped you out with more accuracy when you first started playing, because I thought I did. Or I know I did. <laughs> still feel like it kind of does, not going to lie. But, but you're not Lopez running a 24-inch barrel out there. Jesus Christ. Did you... When he was on the show, he talked about this. This was one of our previous guests. Uh, his first gun was like a Tipman A5 or something with like a 24-inch barrel. He sent us a photo of it. It's It would literally be across like my whole frame. This thing is so fucking long. And, he, and that's how he got on a D3 Korean team. Yeah, his story is crazy. You'll, you'll have to hear that out at some point, Jordan. <laughs> he started playing on like a forward operating base in Korea or something. And then, or not a fob, sorry, just a base, whatever it's called. I don't know. But they had like a paintball field randomly. And then like, yeah, it was, it was a great interview. If you guys haven't listened to that show, go back and listen to Tried it. Try it out and fucking Who, who's, this? who's this? This was uh, Last Row Lopez. Lopez. Last Row Lopez. Nice. I'll have to go back and listen to that one. He's a fucking yeah. unit of a man, bro. He he At essentially point, looks like Hatch in ten years, but he's only two years older than Hatch. So if that if that gives you it. any indication. He's been through it, man. Yeah. No, but he's he's an hilarious dude. Love him out there. Shout out Lastro. I know he's definitely listening to this show right now. So uh thanks, buddy. Um but yeah, so I guess that's all I wanted to say with like the slam ball type stuff is like there is funding out there for content that isn't NBA, NFL, like that type of standard stuff right now. Um, and no, I think our general audience needs to know that because at the end of the day, it's, you know, if this falls apart, I feel like we're kind of, you know, the, the dudes who are should be in the crosshair are becoming more and more apparent. And if they do figure it out, then, hey, they should be celebrated and they should be given praise for that. Because I've always said that if they do something right, I'm going to tell them they do something right. But if they do something wrong, they, they did something wrong. And that needs to be called out.
someone brought up the idea that um, maybe have the top 10 teams showcased on the webcast only mm-hmm. and then uh, and then have the bottom 10 teams kind of play on the semi-pro field unless they're playing one of the top 10 teams then so it we're would just be going on the back field. to champs challengers that, like kind of Champ in a way without the without the, the like split structure. almost yeah yeah no, it'd still be all pro but that way they can kind of maybe go back to x-ball on the pro field yeah. well and that's and run run the you know that's a great point that i was you know with the slam ball league there's only eight teams and it's eight teams of 10 guys so you only have 80 guys there and that's also less matches that need to be played it's easier to get a production schedule in they also are all doing it just in Las Vegas. So it's like they don't have to travel and pick up the whole circus and go to Philly and then go to Chicago and then go back to Florida. They just got to stay there, get all their shit done, and then boom, it's over, you know, in like a month or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's challenges that paintball have that are specific to it, but there's also, uh, I believe, uh, ways to solve those problems that we just aren't necessarily looking at yet. It's almost like we're avoiding them kind of you know like as soon as they look at the cost they're like oh no 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 we're not gonna be able to profit and, and i get it people gotta you know well, gotta be able to feed themselves and stuff so you look, need bart and sarge have been burning it. enough money like i will say that those men have spent a lot of funds on the sport so far but if i was but, them, okay so put yourself in there but is it what i was gonna I say is it being like productive though like that was the point i was gonna bring up is like is it they're burning cash but is it actually getting towards something? Is it just a Where passion that they love? There. Like what, you know, is this something they're okay with burning? Cause they just, they, their sons play, they enjoy it. They love the sport or, you know, like that, that, that's kind of, I guess the point we're getting to is like, where's the future? I'd imagine those guys are smart, right? That's why they're wealthy. Usually wealthy people. <laughs> Most dumb people aren't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they have an expectation that they had laid out and a timeline mm-hmm. so i don't know what that timeline is and what those expectations were but i mean things are still where they're at so i don't know if that's meeting their expectation or we're on the path towards it or maybe there's deals being worked out that no one knows about and it's just taking a long time to figure out of course but and that's I mean, why i said to I start this whole conversation is we don't have all the information you know there are talks and conversation really. going on that we just we're not privy to so we're in the dark on that. Yeah, I just think they need to restructure some of the top levels, and at I least don't know take a good look that. at it and try to figure out maybe you know why isn't this product working in the current current like state that it is is it, that is that it is in. That's how you know we've hit the it's two tough. hour mark, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, man. There's a lot you can dive into you know speculate on conspire you know conspire but i don't know man i'm just trying to enjoy it while i'm still able to do it and mm-hmm. hope you know my goal personally is to become an elite level player i'm hoping that happens sooner rather than later and i'm doing everything i can to yeah and i think i think it's one of those things that like if you woke up tomorrow and there was some type of funding deal where since you're a player in the league now you just are taken care of a little bit i yeah you'd probably be super happy about that that'd probably make your life a lot easier but at the end of the day you're still playing this game because you love it it's not necessarily you're not trying to make this like the thing that's gonna set you up for the future or not it's kind of a thing that 
this is the thing I'm good at. I love it. I enjoy it. I want to be the best that I can. So I'm going to go try to do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tough, man. Because, you know, hopefully it happens at some point, you know, like what we're talking about. But if you're correct with what you're saying and there's opportunity now and then no one's capitalized on it, that's a shame. Mm. Because paintball, I feel like, is a pretty cool sport. The fact that some of these other sports, like watching cornhole on ESPN, <laughs> who the fuck dude, watches that? You're throwing, you're you're throwing that. people do. I don't know who does, but there's someone does because it's on there enough. And you also to have watch. to think of this: it, how much does it cost to make a cornhole tournament? Dude, you could probably do it for two hundred thousand dollars. Like honestly, like Dude's out there whereas. Throwing... Yes, yeah, setting up a, a whole paintball field, setting up the casters for it, the nets, the air supply systems. You got to get all the infrastructure in to support it. Like, we have already gone over the $200,000 that Cornhole is at, like, within just that. And we haven't got to player salaries, media salaries, crew. Like, the money needs to be there. It adds up really fucking fast. Yeah, but, I mean, they kind of built two fields right florida is a field they pretty much have that set up and then philly's another one where they pretty much have that set up so no you're right i guess i was talking more of like enough. if we're setting up a cornhole type like tv show so or setting up something like that yeah um just from the ground well, level running it is more expensive than something like that or a darts tournament sure or wins. you know any of those things yeah but there's money out there man there I don't is. know how to get it, but there, there's got to be a way. It actually is crazy the amount of really rich people with money who want to just own something because that's like most of these sport teams. It's just rich guys who want to say that they have an, an ownership of something. That's why I well, that's what the Slam Ball one is. It's it's the same investor group that owns, like, uh, I want to say part of the Cardinals, the, or no, Cleveland uh, Guardians. They were the Indians. Um, and then as well as, like, Crystal Palace, the soccer team. And so now they're like, Fuck it. Now we just own another sports franchise. Like those type of people do exist. Without a doubt. They well, do. I mean, look, look at NFL, right? And I'm not saying like paintball is anything compared to um, an association like that. But yeah, yeah. You look at the NFL and they have this USFL. Mm -hmm. It's like another league that plays like almost year round. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're I've not associated leagues, but I've never watched a single game. I know they're not associated with each other, but it's a separate league. It's like having an NXL in the MPPL. Yeah. And it's like, I haven't watched a single game of that. Mm. Why? It's the same not sport. Interested. It's the same sport that you love and same care sport. about. Yeah. Why am I not? Why am I not, you know, doing fantasy leagues and, you know, catching football games, checking scores? Like, why am I not doing any of that? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. Because honestly, I'm not, the, I'm not invested in any of it. The only reason I tuned in was for Chris. It was just because I knew a guy who was playing on the team. So I was like, "Oh yeah, let's go see how Chris is doing." And he fucking You're popped off, and now he's back in the league. In exactly, the but it wasn't just a like, "Oh, there's a USFL game on. Let's see what you know. Let's see what's going on." Yeah, that's that's a great point. I'm actually glad that you brought that one up. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Is that paintball might may need to go the route of what the you know f1 and then as the golf industry did is they made people interested in it by creating a series that people could emotionally invest into because there's drama and there's mm -hmm. you know there's excitement and intensity yeah. and stuff and it's a literally story of these human beings that are going through these you know adversities and this competition you mm -hmm. know and then like paintball 
really dramatic. And if they were able to capture it at a level that some of these cameras are doing these productions on, like, dude, yeah. it would be to catch some of these gunfights and some of the finesse moves. And like, I get like Matt, Maddie and, and Rich do a good job of, you know, just broadcasting the games, but, and they explain a lot. They try to at least, but in all honesty, like the, if I was like to turn on the webcast and not know anything about paintball, bro, I'd probably turn it right back off. Yeah. And, and a lot of it comes from just the lack of time like, due to the necessity of like split decks because, you know, we have 20 teams. Like it kind of gets back to that same point of just kind of too much of a schedule to fit in. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm saying is I, I honestly think that Pro Division should do kind of like the 10 teams on the main field. And then you'll get your couple games, you know, if you're not one of the better teams, you'll get your couple games when you play against the top tier teams in your bracket. But yeah. For the most part, you know, you're going to be over there in the summer pro field getting, you know, and that's still broadcasted too. So sponsors well, can't say, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting exposure. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? But at the same time, I mean, you also can still play Sunday. Like, it's just that your games aren't being put, held there. on the actual field, but you're still Maybe that was, still playing in yeah. that division. Like, yeah. It push some of these money teams that aren't doing so well to put out a better product to get yeah. up to the elite level. That's true. And then I would you know force more competition from the bottom up and that's what i'm saying it kind of does create a pseudo sort of like champs challengers type system without actually like doing so if that makes sense where well, it's the whole uh, reason why the chance the whole debate with the champs challengers is that the challenger teams weren't willing to fund the teams because they were losing exposure by being in challengers mm -hmm. they weren't what uh you know prominent pro team at that point they weren't yeah. getting exposure on the ghost sports or whatever they weren't able to justify their their funding because of a lack of exposure mm -hmm. you know to the to the viewership yeah so. no I, I see what you're saying but and this and, and i guess you are right because the difference is back then we didn't have a secondary broadcast of another field going whereas we do now people would still be able to see those teams with those sponsors play on you know the top level just not maybe on main stage which, and if you look back to like MPPL, they didn't always play all their pro games on the main center court field. They always had, you know, okay, we got to go play JT field. We got to go play this field. We got to go play this field. And then, yeah, our finals are going to be on the main, you know, big stadium. Mm -hmm. Everyone's there. You know, it'd be great. I know this will never happen, <laughs> but a pro, a pro, a pro free agency redraft. Okay. Where all the owners of the 20 franchises, all the players become free agents. And every player, semi-pro, whatever, mm -hmm. everyone's a free agent. And then you draft a 15-man roster, and they go off of, I don't know, the last five years of tournament seedings. They average that out. Okay, that's how you get first pick to last pick, you know, mm -hmm. same way any other draft goes or lottery, whatever you want to do. And then that, I think that would kind of balance out the skill level. Because honestly, some of these teams are so funded, they're literally just, dude, look at Diesel, bro. Yeah. Dude drops tons of money. Mark Johnson, cool dude, uh, you know, got to know him just a little bit in passing a few times, but with Shane on the team. But Mark Johnson seems like a straight up dude, literally buying a, like a championship level roster. It's only a matter yeah. of time before they win a tournament with that yeah. much, you know, skill on that team. Yeah. Um, but like, how is that? How is it good for the sport? No, I mean that is a very valid that point because essentially 
roster. You're creating, you know, in baseball, there was this this conversation for years about, you know, all right, well, the Yankees are just going to spend $120 million every year, and then how the fuck are we ever going to compare? Well, and that's where you had teams had to get creative. That's where the whole money ball era and all the looking at players from a different value came from. But essentially, it was to kind of, they tried to, like, find a way to compete against it, which, you know, you see in paintball right now. Art, Sarge, uh, the, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other names, but those four or five guys who are at the top who are able to fund these kind of bigger teams, they're able just to pick up whoever they want. And, you know, doesn't matter if you've been playing with a team for a long time. If now you finally can make a little money playing this game you love, who's not going to take that deal when there is, you know, no other type of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, totally I hate to say it. I'm not knocking the players. Oh, that's the other thing, too. It's you, you can't hate a player for getting a better situation. A, a great example of this is a guy like Connor Kelly. You know, Sarge saw, hey, this is a young kid who's going to be really good. I want to grab him and put him on my roster. I think with ML Kings, the way they're looking this year, they actually probably could have done some good things if he was able to stay on. But hey, he had a better opportunity, so he went and, you know, went to take it. It's nothing against him there, but that's kind of what that creates is, oh, now a guy's getting really good on that roster, grab him up, put him onto ours, and now it kind of creates that, like, like bubble. Yeah, I don't necessarily like that for paintball. I know it happens in other sports, too, with free agency, but... um there's got to be some type of structure to roster limits. And I know the reason why that is because all the, there's not a commissioner and an owner's group. Mm -hmm. They would have to structure it that way mm -hmm. to limit the amount of movement. I mean, look at how much movement. So rosters cap after Chicago, there's going to be a bunch of movement probably between now and Chicago. Probably. There already is. I think yeah. Jesse Stevens Jesse just is got on picked up. now. Yep. Yep. But dude's hella good. Mm -hmm. They don't even need them. <laughs> they have them now. They don't even need them, bro. <laughs> like, they got guys on that roster that don't even see the field that are good. Yeah. Good players. No, and, and I... I good players. I realize now I didn't fully finish my baseball thought. That's why baseball did implement what's called the luxury tax. But essentially, it's if you had a salary that's over a certain amount, you have to pay into this fund that then helps other teams in the league have more money at their disposal to be able to, you know invest in things like players or you know venues shit like that but mm. it, it was their way to try and stop kind of what we're talking about now i don't think that should happen to paintball but at the same time it's like we kind of got to figure out something to where it's not just who has the biggest checkbook is the team that's going to win because then that creates still competition like no human really cares about the drama of who can buy a better team they care about the drama of these gritty dudes worked really hard to get to where they are. And now they have a chance to prove that they should be there or, you know, whatever the mm -hmm. story may be. Hell yeah. I like that. Dude, maybe you go less pro teams with bigger rosters and, and more points played or something, but you know, mm -hmm. that way you still get a good amount of pros in there. But, um, you know, and, it, and I'm saying that it could, you put it like that and it could be someone like myself who maybe not don't make the cut on one of these rosters, but Honestly, if it's for better for the sport, fuck, dude, that's how it needs to be. Semi-pro would be a, even more competitive if some of the yeah. pros that are currently playing pro got pushed down to semi-pro. Hmm. And, you know, right now there's like, what, two teams that are just crushing everyone? Ice fit and camp, yeah. I mean, there, I mean I there's teams like that are around there, like, but yeah. No doubt, yeah. There's definitely some good competition down there, but 
Look at the standings, bro. There's literally two teams just destroying everybody. Mm -hmm. Look at the scores. I, I watch. I look at the scores. I'm like, holy shit. I, I think the best Fucking way to shit, put it. I lost three points in four matches. Dude, like, they're crushing everybody, bro. Well, yeah. I mean, there's been three finals matches, and there's been two teams in all three of those matches. That right there should say, like, enough. I'm like, telling you yeah. everything you need to know that there's two teams that are far and away better than the rest of the division, you know? And it'd be exciting to see one of those teams get caught, you know, by another team they sleep on or something. You never know. But, like, this, it might happen. But it's hard to win four in a row. as DMG, semi-pro. Yeah. They dropped the Chicago event as well. They dropped the Chicago. The fourth event's hard to win. So, so the first three, like, you have that know, motivation. And then the summer break hits. So what are you doing during these 10 weeks right now when, you know, nothing's going on? Are you still at the field grinding or... You uh, well, not fit, think it well, as much. I think, yeah, with fit, I think they're different because they've been through quite a bit of adversity over the last two years, mm -hmm. getting re relegated. You know, when they didn't really need to be playing pro, but they got the they kind of took chilled up the spot from AC Dallas, yeah. took it over. Which you know, good for them. They got a year of pro experience, and then sure. going back down to semi pro, should have won it and came back, and, and then, then notorious. got sniped by Austin Notorious. <laughs> <Dude>. Yeah. <laughs> Off of points, like, bro. It's like, kind of, at this point, it's, it's like, fits it, like, I mean, what other way could you fuck with fit? Like, what way haven't they already been kind of messed with? So it's, I mean, we'll see. Maybe the storybook for this season is not done yet. I mean, and it still needs to be closed, but it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting, you know, drama or storyline, whatever you want to call it, that's been going on in our sport recently. Yeah, I think it's cool that, notorious has been pretty competitive other than one event like they've been pretty mm -hmm. competitive uh shout out archie only... yep shout out archie that guy's really cool playing uh, really well in this night so good so fast he's a good attitude he, he's a he's a pro that guy's a pro yep. yeah it's outside of paintball and inside of paintball so i respect that uh, and then you got new orland hurricanes they're, oh, yeah, they're yeah. a team that came up from semi-pro and they've worked their asses off, you know. Nick Ripple, Daniel Camp, a couple of those guys, yeah. They're not a they're not a fluke. Stuart they're like a legitimate pro team. Mm -hmm. And they're a team that just plays as a team. They don't have any all-stars. Mm. They literally just play sound fundamental pro level paintball as a team. And that's why that they're finding themselves on Sunday often, consistently. Mm -hmm. They just got to figure out how to beat the elite teams. Yeah, because yeah. they're... I feel like there is that... Close matches. Oh, 100%. There's that kind of thin balance in pro of like, you know, you need to have really good solid team play, but every now and then mm -hmm. someone's going to get called and it's, you know, going to be their moment and they're going to need to pull out something. Like somewhere through the event, it may be in the prelims, it may be once you're into the quarters or something, but, you know, your team is going to kind of come down to a moment where someone needs to out, you know, perform individually. And uh, I think those, that's kind of the balance in pro is like, you have some teams like, you know, the new Orleans guys who that team ball is solid, but then unfortunately if they make a mistake or they get clipped out, now they're a little more scared. You know, they're not as all right, three V four. We still got this. We're chill. Like it's a little bit of fun. They're not as confident. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're not as confident, dude. Yeah. And it comes down and it to goes all the way again. back to that. <laughs> All the way, we circle all the way back, dude, full circle, back to me mental, you know, mentalities. They lose their confidence, and they don't believe that they can actually beat that team. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And then they, they drop the ball in those small moments, you know, and that's what separates the top teams that keep winning, right? Those those players have been there, done that, have the confidence, have the swagger to go out there and do what needs to be done in those moments. Um, and they know what decisions to make because they've been there before. So, yeah. you know. Well, for sure. I think on that note right there, uh, I think that's where we should definitely call it tonight because we've been going on for quite a while. But... I do love the Bro. note of really all paintball is is confidence. That's essentially what I've taken from tonight. If you aren't confident, confident. you're just you're stop playing. Get off the field. You're wasting this podcast time. Podcast <laughs> wouldn't be successful if you weren't confident in what you were doing. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, you guys are confident and talking to people that you don't necessarily know, putting your faces on the internet, doing your thing, chopping it up. I mean, that's what makes it more entertaining because you're more confident about what you're doing. We learned that some people that. cannot yeah. handle being on the internet with their face. That, we definitely that is a that. very good point. <laughs> <laughs> also, so, Brandon is 100% frozen, but I kind of like the face that he's no, in. So he is fucking... Yeah. He's yeah. just... Okay, he's for sure frozen. He is 100% frozen. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell first. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like that for a while. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I didn't want to bring it up. I was like, damn, I wonder what he's thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's deep in thought. Uh, hey, but yeah, guys... Diablo 4? Real quick, I'm sorry. What you playing? What you got? Oh, recently I've been playing Diablo Four as well as uh, Infinite, Infinite Tournament, uh, Infinite pa Tournament Paintball. God, I can't All speak right, anymore. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I've been running points digitally on that. Shout out! Uh, I was playing in a party with uh, Keith and Ronnie last night. We were running some shit on the the IXL, which is the like comp league i don't know part of me fucking laughs and kind of cringes at it but the <laughs> competition side is kind of fun too because you know it is all competition started like that you know yeah. all esports started like that exactly man so uh yeah no it's cool but uh you gaming jordan was that why you were you bringing that up what? so i got diablo 4 but it's still in the plastic I gotta open <laughs> it up and put it in the my guy season one's about there. to begin you've missed out on like so much <laughs> All right, bro. I'll download it tonight and then I'll fire it up. Yeah, tomorrow. for sure, bro. You gotta start getting into it. Also, uh, you gotta ask Mikey if you have any questions. He's also pretty big into it as well. I know. So, uh, yeah, that might be a good I'm guy. A lot. Yeah, I'm a lot. Yeah, I'm a lot. He's a good dude. That's, that's a cool guy. Yeah, Mikey, shout out Mikey. I think that is his first shout out on the show. So hey, shout out you, buddy. Um, you ever play Elden Ring, Jambo? What's that? You ever played Elden Ring? Nah, my older brother who's really into gaming, he said that game's pretty sick. But yeah, it is. I yeah, just, that's man, been Hatch. It? Hatch and Cedar argued like a married couple last night. That was so funny. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw really Cedar on the bus. It was a moment. Right, it's, it happened. Be a, that'll be a next that'll, next week. Next <laughs> Maybe week. we'll bring that up in some time in future. Cedar, I feel like he's one of those guys that will for sure try to prove his point and he will keep yeah, raising his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah he was. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it'll be a little crazy on you, bro. And you, you might have to fight him. Last night, yeah. I, was like, I was like, bro, why are you so mad at me? <laughs> but was yeah, so there was a funny here, moment bro. where, yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, sorry, Cedar. We're not going to throw you into the All bus, bad, buddy. So uh, two more things. Uh, I got to give a shout out. Uh, last shout out on my list tonight is uh, Machine Gun Mike. So Michael Baird finally put a face to a name, met him last weekend. So yeah, got to shake his hand, meet where Brandon came from. And a lot of things made Papa sense. Iron Man. Yeah, so it was cool. Talked to him for a little bit. We talked some history in the game. And uh, yeah, it was awesome that he came out to the field. Um, and then also we need a code word hatch. So what's our code word of the week? 
Holy fuck. And if dude, it's not I... something with confidence, I feel like you haven't been paying attention. Well, okay, here we go. Let's let's think let's think about this, y'all. With with confidence. <laughs> Let him cook. Confidence comes winning. There we go. Let's let's, let's That's do that. That's too wordy. Confidence... That's too wordy. Okay, 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 okay. Confidence is king. Right. Confidence is king. I like that. There you go. There we go. There we go. All right. Cool. We had to we had to workshop that one king. a little bit. We had to get you yeah, know, spitball it there. <laughs> it's hard confidence to get a, is king. It's hard to get a code word of the week until you're in the fucking podcast right at that moment. Well, yeah, because it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be something that we brought up on the show. Um, mm -hmm. If you guys are new to the show, this is maybe your first one. You wanted to check out what Jordan had to say. Code word of the week is just a way that we know who, uh, you know, who's checking out the show, who's staying until the end. Uh, hit us up in a DM on some social media platform. Put it down in a comment somewhere. Uh, it's just a cool way that we know, hey, you're a you're a cool person. You uh, you hung out with us. You know uh, what's but up. We appreciate your guys' support on all of our shows. Um, I, unfortunately, have to go into my little list now. So <laughs> other ways that you can help support the show is if you guys just drop a little rating. Like I said earlier on in the show, if you just drop like a five star, give it a like on YouTube, something like that. A, it's completely free. costs no money to do so. takes about 10 seconds of your time, and it immensely helps us out. So really would appreciate it if you, you know, enjoyed our conversation tonight and we want to drop one of those. Uh, you could also subscribe on most all of those platforms as well. So whether that be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're out there everywhere. Uh, we're, we're, we're like herpes, man. You, you can't not find us. We're, we're there. Um, mm -hmm. Patreon. Uh, it's hard to get rid of us. That's true. Patreon, uh, we got to talk about that. Uh, you can go get signed up at patreon.com slash mafia productions. Get access to all the podcasts the second they are ready to go. Get access to video content early as well as ad free. Also get the uh, giveaways that we have. I'll show it one more time. We got the Frosted Nick LaVall headband. And like Hatch said, if we get to 50 concurrent Patreon members before World Cup, I will regret my life and get frosted tips. So please frosted fucking... tips. Make me do that or don't. I don't know. I, God, I'm scared. Uh, but yeah, guys, so that's all we had for tonight. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Nectar and Liquid IV. Um, Nectar, the code is Mafia Productions and Liquid IV. You can use Mafia underscore Mafia to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that's a great show. Uh, Jordan, thank you for coming on, man. It's always a blast when we get to have a conversation. Um, thank you, J-Bo. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming. Glad you yeah, could, man, uh, I mean been wising us with some of your uh wise in life experience i don't know what you're saying but if you're listening to audio that was hatch doing a bad impression hatch i'll give you one piece of advice you want to get better at paintball you got to use dye products all right oh. so hashtag choose dye. Fuck. oh okay <laughs> Where's it at, Hatch? What's, right what's the counter? You got, dude, you gotta buy HK, bro. You gotta buy nah. HK. See, what happens is you buy HK and you still end up choosing die. <laughs> That's what happens every time. Alright? Okay. Alright, Jordan. Right. And I'll, as an unbiased third party who's not sponsored by anyone, just, you know, choose what makes you happy. Alright, guys, well, on this note... Uh, in reality, choose die. <laughs> All right. Well, on this note, no one, none of these companies are paying me, so I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> hell, at this point, choose JT. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, whatever, guys. Thank you choose to no, Jordan. Thank you to Jordan Jabo Boyum uh, for showing up on the show, spending some time with us. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, Want to wish you good luck in the upcoming Chicago event, man, and throughout the rest of this year. Excited to see what that Iron Man roster is able to do. And uh, and yeah, so. For, uh, you know, our regular host, we got Steven Hatch. We got Brandon Brando Baird. My name is Ryan Mafia Moffitt. And we're going to catch you guys on the next one. Hit us with it, Hatch. Bye. Oh, that was like a broken up one. I need a clean one. Give me one more. Bye.
There we go. See you guys later.